Hold on a second, Jeff. Jeff, we have a phone call coming in right oh, now. Please don't tell me it's Tony Storm. Hey, guys, this is Tammy. It's Tammy. I only got one phone call to make. Can you guys help me out? I really need some help. I don't uh, think they're letting me out this time, guys. Please. You have, to, you have to subscribe to our OnlyFans. Sorry. I don't think that's going to help. There's not enough bail money, Jeff. I need more money, Jeff. Can Hang you bail me out? This is a collect call. Hang up. Hang up. Let's collect. Guys? Welcome, everybody, to another edition of The Hammerlock Hangover. This is episode 79 you're tuning into. I am Steve, and I'm joined by my tag team partner in podcasting. That is Jeff. Jeff, how was your WrestleMania weekend? Stupendous. It was indeed stupendous, as is my my voice. I left my voice in Dallas. Now, this is good. You can sing Betty Davis' eyes. You can sing some Juice Newton. You can do a little Bonnie Tyler holding out for a hero. Oh, the only Bonnie Tyler I know was um, the other one. Heart, it's uh, a heartache. Nothing but a heartache. There's also a total eclipse of the total eclipse of the heart. That's the one yeah. I, I sing. It. You I know, here I'm holding out for here. I'm not going to sing anymore. That's why I'm totally going to sing. <laughs> We've got a lot to talk about. We've got yeah. uh, my live reactions from all of the things that happened uh, in Dallas, including Wrestle two nights of WrestleMania. The Ring of Honor show that I attended, the GCW Joey Janela show that I wish I didn't attend, uh, WrestleCon. I got to see uh, Nia Jax. She was five feet away from me. Leia Fanani, did, did she tell you that she hates you just just because? No, she she smiled at me. We we hugged. We embraced. We had a great time. It was wonderful. Mm, that's good. So yeah, we've got lots to talk about. The re my reactions to all of it. Jeff's reactions, say, obviously, to all of it. Did you say to her, you really aren't like other girls? I said, you're so unique. You're a beautiful soul. And she's like, thank you. Thank you. She said, Steve, Big Daddy Cool, let me introduce you to my hole. That's right. How do, it's like you were there. I, I have people watching you. I, I, have, I have strangely tall people watching you. Yeah. I ran into Carrie Silken. Literally, like I was, you know, the guy's fumbling around the lobby of uh, wherever WrestleCon was, and the guy's just kind of stumbling around. And I think that's I how he walks. I, I think he must have had a stroke or something at some point. Yeah, well, I, I, I literally like turned around to like go the other way, and then almost ran it, ran the guy did, over. Did you hurt him? <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. <laughs> I mean, is he is he like there because he knows like pretty soon he's gonna have absolutely no job whatsoever? So he's pretending he was important so that he would keep his job. I don't I don't know. I he, I think he was just there because he likes the idea of ringing a bell. He was very excited about ringing the bell on Friday night at the Ring of Honor show. Just well, it's probably his last chance to ring a bell anywhere outside of Maryland Championship Wrestling. So yeah, so lots to discuss. But Jeff, you want to start. Not with anything of the Dallas sort. Oh, I also ran into two dead bodies. Um, <laughs> that's, you know, it's Dallas, of course. So there's got to be that story. Yeah. Um, Jeff, where do we start? Do we want to start with WrestleMania? Do we want to start with 
the weekend, or do we want to start with breaking news? I mean, I would love to not have to start with the breaking news, but there's some important stuff that I think we should go through and just maybe keep it tight if we can. So I'm just going to leap in. Tight. It, it broke today, but apparently this happened a couple of weeks ago. Tammy Stitch was involved in a three-car accident. From my understanding of it, she's at fault. She was charged. Uh, basically, there was a motorist stopped at a stop sign. She did not stop for the stop sign, nor the motorist in front of her. She rear-ended that, that car and propelled hey it right, into oncoming traffic. Another, There was a collision. Uh, an, an, a gentleman, I think around 70 or 72 years old, was one of the motorists. They died. Um, one of the other Yikes. motorists was hospitalized with uh, what's described as severe injuries. And apparently the toxicology reports on Tammy are pending. So, yes, innocent until proven guilty as far as anything criminal as opposed to just negligent. Um, but, you know, I, yes, innocent until proven guilty. But I, I think the benefit of the doubt has long gone away. And, and we're not the only ones. But on this very show, probably two weeks ago, we said it's just a matter of time until she kills somebody. Um, and, and people always say that and they never think it's going to happen. And, you know, I'm not happy about us being correct. I mean, but anyone could see this happening except apparently the New Jersey criminal justice system. This is a wild story. Like usually we'll joke around about having to bail her out, but I mean, (laughs) she, she fucking killed a guy. Like this is really wild. Like. How did she not get her license revoked? She doesn't have. I mean, last she was charged, she was charged with driving on a suspended license, second offense for that, and also for disabling her ignition interlock. So, I mean, we don't know what she is going to be charged with. I don't know why it's taking so long for them to decide. I mean, even on the preliminaries, you can always add, add more, but maybe they're waiting for the toxicology to add in the lesser included. I mean, it's very possible they don't want to lead with, you know, failure to yield right of way to avoid collision or negligent driving when they're going to charge her with vehicular homicide. Um, So I I don't know what it is, but, you know, this is all we know. It's Wednesday night. It's approaching 10 o'clock on May 6th. I mean, April 6th, sorry. And that's what we know. It, but it came out today. And so I felt like, I mean, it was a a death and a serious injury. And Jeff, you're Jeff, you're the legal scholar of of the crew here um is there a difference between vehicular manslaughter and vehicular homicide um there might be uh i mean it depends on the state so i'm just saying terms that are familiar to me um the every state statutes are different i mean generally speaking the difference between murder and manslaughter is murder you have intent or reckless disregard. Manslaughter usually implies some sort of crime of passion that you were inflamed in the moment that, you know, you maybe you intended to do harm or, or, or get a little crazy, uh, or, you know, and any of your, your passions were so inflamed or you didn't. And, you know, the, the, like the, the example we always got in law school is that you walk in on your spouse having sex with somebody else in your marital bed and you go, and you just go crazy. Um, you know, so, uh, a lot of a lot of states just call vehicular homicide or vehicular manslaughter because it doesn't it generally doesn't meet murder charges because murder usually requires 
intent, but I, I don't know what Texas law is. So I'm not going to pretend to be a scholar here. I, I just, do you know how many, do you know how long that usually, you know, what's the average time in jail? For Tammy, uh, 12 minutes, apparently. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I for the no... charge for getting for the charge of vehicular manslaughter. I, I mean, every state's going to have different, you know, you know, they might have a mi- minimum of X, you know, up to 20 years. You know, we'll, we'll find out in due course. I don't, I don't want to start spouting off things that I don't know anything about. Um We'll find out. It'll be reported and re-reported. Not, not as far as legal matters are concerned. When it comes to spouting off things you don't know about wrestling, that's that's all on the table. Sure, but I mean, geez, I mean, let's. I mean, first of all, three of the things I got wrong. One I actually got right, except one person got injured. Another and two others happened. They just delayed it by two days, uh, or or one day. So Jeff, uh, Jeff's taking taking. Uh... Taking I'm taking absolute of... credit. But I, I think they, I think they've been, I've been, I think they've been listening to to the show. Um, the other news is that Nash Carter, one half of MSK, one half of the current NXT Tag Team Champions, who won their titles back at Stand and Deliver Saturday, was released today by WWE. Uh, there have been allegations, sort of, mostly by his. I think they're still married, or his ex-wife Kimberly, who's also an independent wrestler, stating that. He assaulted her. He's denied it. Um, I, to be honest, I really haven't been following this story very closely at all until today. I sort of knew that there was something going on. Um, an, another uh, a woman named, I think, Queen Evie, who I think is married to, to Wes Lee, his tag team yes. partner. Yes, correct. Took off from said, listen, we know this is bullshit because he's been living with us for the last few months. And he has not seen her. He's been trying to avoid her all costs. She's the one that's been toxic. And she put in, she had that he's been to a therapist once, which must have been a rebuttal of of some allegation. Maybe Kimberly was saying that, you know, there was all sorts of therapy. And, you know, I've seen people posting blurbs of, you know, saying you're, you're ruined the guy's career and his marriage and her saying, you know, I'm just a good wife, you know, stay out of our business. No, you ruined his I'm seeing all sorts of stuff that you, everyone's trying to do gotchas. And then apparently Kimberly today po- posted a picture of um, Nash Carter uh, with an unfortunate mustache and, you know, whether it's hair, what basically he was, he, he was doing like a, a Hitler pose. He, he had a small mustache. He had his hair to the side and he was doing a hell Hitler. Um, was, I, I don't know the context of that. I, you know, I know it's easy to say Hitler's never okay, but if you're at home with your wife and you had a shaving accident and then you go, huh, the, the, you know, just for shits and giggles, you can take a picture of it and you never think it's going to go anywhere. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, people do stupid things in the privacy when the, when they think there was someone that, that, you know, that they trust. Anyway, or he, for all I know, he could be a Nazi. I, I have no, I literally have no idea. I, 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 I know. So anyway, WWE released him. You know, I, this is a he said, she said. I think a lot of people think that it's, you know, it's sort of the speaking out turning into victimizing and, and sort of, uh, you know, unfair terminations. I don't know if the picture was, you know, if WW put it on a scale and said, we don't know who's right. And he said, she said, but there's a picture of him being Hitler and that that's done it. Or they just decide to believe the woman. I, I don't know. I, I. I have no idea what this. I don't know if he's failed drug tests before. I mean, God knows that's part of their gimmick. I, I, I truly don't know. I don't, you know, 
the court of public opinion on social media is is very difficult. And do we weigh in it? Sure, we do all the time. But um, I, I just don't. I at least like to fancy myself as typically knowing more information before I pine too much. And I, I don't know anything about the guy. Other than he seems to be a fun-loving guy. And uh, this is what happened. And then, you know, people are worried about Wesley and his career. And, I mean, they were a tag team. And they were, they were you know, a tag team that was really smooth together. They had excellent timing and excellent chemistry. And I don't think that's easily duplicated, if at all. And I don't, I don't really... With his size, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I can see him as a single star in in a place like WWE. So, you know, I don't know. That, that's all I've got to say about that. I've got two things to say. One being that this is just a real unfortunate incident all around, right? So I'm going to take everybody. Everybody's saying um, at face value. I'm not going to speculate on whether Kimber is telling the truth or not. I'm just going to say. To be anywhere in the situation or in the area of being accused of such a thing, it's horrible to be in, right? And it's horrible to be to be a victim of this, um, if indeed she is a victim of this, right? We Again, as you said, there's still a lot of information that's out there and a lot of it unsubstantiated or uncorroborated, right? Um, I think WWE did the right thing, right? They had to do... And sever ties. I mean, again, it's not like Nash Carter is The Rock or Roman Reigns. Nash Carter is low on the totem pole of of them needing him. So he's in developmental. Know. Yeah, I mean, from that perspective, you're right. I don't know what the right thing is, but there were there. There's only three things to do. One is sever ties and take the media here to be done with it. Two is stand behind them and say we we don't find anything here. Or three is to say we're going to suspend them or we're going to do some sort of investigation. And they're not an investigations company. Um, when they did with, with Velveteen Dream, that was a completely unsatisfactory conclusion. Everyone still believes what they want to believe. So Route 3 really is not available because they already tried it and it didn't work. So, Yeah, I mean, the only guy that you that is probably close to these sorts of allegations, except for without the picture of, you know, this... Nazi um, sig hailing and mustache and hair thing is Riddle, right? So yeah. Riddle was accused of something. He was sued for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did WWE do? They looked into it. They <laughs> then changed his name from Matt Riddle to Riddle. So that way you wouldn't search Matt Riddle and find this stuff. And then everything just kind of goes away after a while, right? Everything, I forget if we covered this, uh, whether it was settled out of court or just dropped. But, yeah. but the, I mean, to be honest, from an objective standpoint, a legal standpoint, her suit was going south quick. I mean, I think the settlement was just like, we won't say anything bad about each other and you don't have to pay my legal fees. I, I, I mean, Matt Riddle said, you don't have to pay my, I, I really think that he just let her off the hook and said, go in peace. Right, but that's again, before the picture of him being Nazi adjacent, um, it's pretty much apples to apples, right? But I guess. I, I mean, mean except, the, there's not the, except there's not the litigation with the discovery and and the and I mean the facts as she described them were impossible geographically. I mean that was that was proven uh, in, in discovery for riddle. For riddle, um, I mean it might be closer to like the Enzo thing. But the difference with Enzo is apparently nobody liked Enzo, so they were happy enough to get rid of him. 
Um, right. So, yeah, that was the, the reason they hung their hat on. But the real reason was that they didn't they didn't like him. Um, yeah. I, I don't but know. Again, that's like people. them cutting them cutting ties because, again, it wasn't worth it. Riddle, at least they see some value in him and decided to kind of hang hang tough with it for a and while. They've gotten value from him. I mean, they're, they're, they're top merch sellers that, that act is over. So I, I see what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I don't disagree. I, I think anyone in developmental unless their name is Braun Breaker, you know, or if they're not really in developmental like Mandy Rose, probably will not get the benefit of the doubt because they're they're inherently fungible. Right. So so that's the first part that I have to say about that, right? Is hey, listen, I hope everybody this this settles everybody settles this very quickly and everybody can move on with their lives peacefully and professionally. Yeah, well, someone um, can be rehired. I mean, you know, I don't know if he'd want to be, but I, I imagine he'd want to be with his partner. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if there's a way for him to prove his innocence, which is not impossible, but I imagine is difficult, he can be rehired. And then that leads me to the second thing, right? His partner, Wesley. Wesley has a great opportunity here. Yes, he's going to have to relinquish this these tag team titles. But he is a tag team specialist, and why not take a? This is a great opportunity for a fresh start. Why don't we have him team up with Elias? But Elias debuts on NXT not as Elias's younger brother Ezekiel, but as Nash Carter's younger brother Bash. Thank you. There we go, Bash Carter. I'm a genius. You're something. I'm a genius. This is great. Ezekiel, Bash Carter, MSQ. There you go. You you are a genius in the upside down world. What? I think exactly. I think it's brilliant. And no one will know the difference. Just like okay. nobody knew the difference this Monday night, right? Nobody knew the difference. Well, you didn't know we, that was Elias. We get, we get the Ezekiel, but but I mean, actually, he's changed his entire body, and it, I mean, I mean, I knew it was Elias, but he looks different. I mean, like, I, no, I, you I, didn't. Stop lying. No, he did. I mean, he Elias looked, had a beard. He looks like like Paul Roma, sort of, almost like you know Hercules Hernandez. He's gonna, that's right. If if Hercules Hernandez and Paul Roma had a baby, it'd be Ezekiel. Right. If Power and Glory had a child, he's just <laughs> named himself. He's just named himself Plory. Um, oh my god, it'd be great. Why, why didn't he have a golden chariot if his name is Ezekiel? Anyway, hey, who listen, cares about there's this? There's still time. Let, let, let's let's get your report from on the ground. You went to Dallas. You flew there on Thursday or Friday, whatever. You were in Dallas for, for four days. So tell us. I mean, I don't know where you want to start. I don't know if you want to start with WrestleMania, if you want to go in chronological order. Let's go in chronological order. I went, yeah, so I was the, the, the guy on the street. I was there for all these indie shit and after this weekend, I can tell you right now that WWE blows everything out the water. I, you know, I, I, I know Jeff calls me a WWE homer. You guys might call me a WWE homer, but my God, like the professionalism, the spectacle, the entertainment value is just bar none compared to from WWE to whatever other trash is there for the weekend. Like it is hot garbage, especially. That GCW show, good God. If I could ask for my money back, I would. The best part was me drinking beer 
at after midnight and 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 almost getting close to drunk and then watching that shit. Like that was the only thing that that made it worthwhile. Let's go to ROH, right? So I I have to. Or as I like to, to pull, call it AEW two point five. So first off, that Dallas is 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 a real sketchy sketchy city. Like, I told you Dallas is my least favorite city, major city I've ever been to in the United States. And I, to took the, I took the hotel shuttle to the train because I was like, you know, these Ubers are getting expensive. It was just even the, the Uber from the airport to the hotel was like 55, 60 bucks. So I said, OK, let's take the train. It's only going to take an hour to get from downtown Dallas to Garland, Texas, which is northeast of Dallas. So we take the train. It's three bucks, the ticket. Mm-hmm. The shuttle driver is driving a sweet lady and she looks over to her right, right before the train station. She's like, Oh my God, is that a dead body? And my friend looks over and goes, yep, that looks like a dead body. I've, I haven't been in, in Dallas for two hours and I've seen my first dead body. Nice. Very nice. Well, took I you take the, I, t- <laughs> I see the dart, the, the train. Good God. I feel like I caught COVID um, just traveling on this thing. I almost got mugged. I felt like I was going to get mugged. This is Dallas. It's just horrible. Horrible couldn't experience. You, couldn't then, you just throw your friend in front of you? I th- That was the plan, uh, Jeff, without a doubt. Like, I definitely could outrun him. So I just would throw him on the floor and then run. Um, Dallas, and if Dallas isn't worse enough, a worse shithole is that goddamn Garland, Texas. For so fuck's it really sake. was a shithole. Or are you just without? With a no, it was definitely indeed a shithole. Like it's just like the how long a trip? Uh, how far was it from Dallas? It's about forty-five minutes on. So it's twenty minutes by car, right? But if you're on the train, it's going to take you about an hour because you have to take the train and then a bus. But by that time we got up there, I was like, there was some ho- crazy hobos following us. I said, this shit's got to end. We got to grab another Uber to get the fuck out of here. How do you so know that we, they were hobos versus vagabonds versus just GCW? G- oh, GCW wrestlers versus oh, right, right indie wrestlers. I was going to say <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I didn't know that, Jeff, but uh, I think I did. In fact, now that you bring it up, one of them I saw at the GCW Joey Janela show. Right. So we get to Garland and Ring of Honor starts off, and I asked my friend, I go, "How long Super do you think before- Card of Honor?" Super card of honor. There, by the way, reportedly had twenty thousand buys. Now I don't know how these figures are out so quick, since we still haven't gotten firm revolution numbers, and we can't get any NWA or or Impact numbers. But we already know super card of honor the twenty thousand buys. I don't doubt it, but because it's over ten thousand, because it's a Tony Khan joint, you know, now now (laughs) it's easy to find these numbers and report them. But hey, good job, twenty thousand. That that's probably. Close to 20,000 20, times more than they normally get on a, on a pay-per-view. Jeff, I don't believe any of these numbers. I don't believe – I was there live. They said that they had over 2,000 people in the place. That's bullshit. Yeah, they like, said they sold about 2,100 tickets. That, that could very well be true. And then half, more than half of those people decided, fuck this, we're going to SmackDown. Because they weren't in the building. Or just either we're tired or – Perhaps Tony Khan bought 500 to 1,000 or 1,500. There were 250 tickets sold to this show approximately before Tony Khan announced he bought Ring of Honor. Listen, they weren't in that building. There's pictures. I took pictures from inside the arena. They're there on the Hammerlock Hangover Twitter page if you want to see them. 
So the, how many people would you estimate? A thousand seven hundred. I asked my I asked my friend, and I said, "How many people do you think are in here?" This was like right, I think, before or after the Briscoes versus FTR, and we thought it was about seven hundred, seven to eight hundred people. And and this friend is he corporeal? Can he can can we see him on photographs as well, or is it like your special imaginary friend? No, he's a real friend, but he just doesn't want to be seen. With At you. least not not in an indie show. <laughs> well, I mean, this is AW two point five. What does that even mean, really? Well, I thought well, Dark was two. I thought Rampage was two point five. <laughs> No, Rampage is just a continuation of AEW. It's just a, it's, it's just one a, and a half. No, it's like AEW Dynamite, and Rampage is more like AEW Fireworks, and uh, Ring of Honor is AEW two point five. Dark Elevation is AEW one point five, and AEW Dark is zero point seven five. Whatever it is, Jeff, it it. Listen, there was just two matches that were really good, and then everything else was just, just complete trash. Like, all right, well, give us, tell us what, what was the good, what was the bad, what was the, uh, what's the news that we need to know? All right, so I'll start off with the two good matches. Right, I'll start with the positives. Good. I really liked the Bandito Gresham match. Really good match. I love that spot where he held Bandito held up Gresham for a one count, for one minute. That was a great spot. Really good action. I thought Bandito was gonna gonna come out with the win, but he didn't. Gresham wins. So Chavo Guerrero gets screwed twice by Tony Khan. Yeah. So he he does. Um, oh, I'm sorry. By Christopher Daniels. Uh, sure, of course. Right. And I like the ending. Obviously, everybody should know by now that Samoa Joe came out to uh, help Jonathan Gresham after Jay Lethal came out and Sanjay Dutt turned on him and. You know, they were um, just this big old team impact. Um, I know they were ROH originals, but I couldn't help myself but think is like, is this just like impact beating the shit out of new Ring of Honor? Or new impact, because Jonathan Gresham's on the impact (laughs) as as well. That's interesting. So Jonathan Gresham is now the undisputed, if he ever was, Ring of Honor champion, which of course is now owned by Tony Khan, but he's on the impact main roster page as is Deanna Perazzo and Deanna Perazzo couldn't be on the show because Impact wouldn't release her to do so. Right. And so what I found out by my new friend, um, this I didn't even catch his name unfortunately, but this skinny wayfish it, it probably could have been Carrie Silgan's son. He was sitting next to me and he was all like <laughs> it was like Louis it was like um what's his name? Uh is it Spicoli from uh, Fast Times? That's yeah Spicoli sure he, he was sitting next to me and he's all like, I'm going to WrestleMania tomorrow with my special brownies. I go, oh, really? How special? He's like, they won't let me in with my bong. I said, oh, shit. This guy's a guy I got to hang out with. So, this, so you and Riddle um, hanging out. <laughs> this, guy, this, guy, this guy had Riddle vibes, but nowhere near Riddle physique. Gotcha. Um, but, but yeah, he was all like, Deanna Perazzo can't be here because she wrestling at the same time over in Dallas for this multiverse show. First of all, the multiverse was over well before the show started. Right. No, it was, I think, going on at the same time. That's why they ended up, I think, having to move the start time an hour. I don't know. I was was seeing multiverse tweets uh, well before. 
All right. Well, let's just assume that that's true, and it was, and it was, it doesn't matter really. So, it it doesn't because listen, I anything Tony Khan says is a is a f- f- fucking lie. Like, let's be real. Like when I well, heard two thousand people were in that building, I was like, where were they hiding under the seats? Like, where were they? They were concessions buying up merch. Yeah. Th- oh, there was there was just one booth, and they didn't. They all they had was ROH videos. Like that was it. Like, that's all. Uh, that's all that's wh- worth selling. Why? Why do I need ROH videos? Like, give me a shirt. Give me something else. A bandito were, bandana. Were, no, nothing. No, of course they're not gonna have anything for bandito because they don't. They're not hiring him. They they have no idea who's gonna be on the ROH roster. Oh my god. Oh, oh, that's the other thing. Okay, so remind me to talk about Tully Blanchard's crew because that was the other. That was the third most impressive thing of this pay per view. So, um, awesome, awesome end. Great show. Tony Khan, very ecstatic that he bought Samoa Joe. You, you can see video of him marking out for himself. Kudos to that. The press um, conference, the video is all over the place where it seems like Samoa Joe wants to be anywhere except ne- next to him. Right. The second best thing um, was the Briscoes FTR match. I, I, I lumped that in second um, because the fans can't help but just be over for themselves. Like, I fully now understand the AEW fans because all they give a shit about is making entertaining themselves. Like, it's not about watching the shit that's going on in the ring and being entertained by that. It's about being in on the joke and then them participating in said joke. So mm-hmm. they were all hooting and hollering about this Briscoe's match and this FTR match being the best ever. This is awesome. Jeff, they didn't even fucking lock up. All they were doing is staring <laughs> at each other and then staring out into the audience and staring at each other. Damn boys, top guys, damn boys, top guys. This is awesome. What is awesome? Nothing has happened. What Man the up. fuck are you guys talking about? Man up. Ridiculous. And, and let me tell you about those Briscoes. If I didn't catch the goddamn COVID from the Dart train to Garland, I probably got it from the Briscoes because no, I COVID felt dirtier just watch, being in their presence. COVID is afraid of the Briscoes. There's no chance. They're just they're just sloppy and disgusting and just oh I, I got chills just thinking about them. Just, By the way, the Briscoes uh, captured <laughs> the GCW tag team titles and lost the the ROH tag team titles to FTR, who now also has the AAA and Ring of Honor tag team titles. And this is further noteworthy because of all the rumors about Warner and Discovery not wanting to hire the Briscoes by AEW. And now the new rumors that the Briscoes will be signing with Impact Wrestling and I, and they've already been working with NWA. So the Briscoes, Ring of Honor legends, may never work with Ring of Honor again. Probably not. And it was sad because the match was really good. Probably the best match um, of the night um, of that card. I'm not going to say of the weekend because I felt Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks was uh, – it's not Sasha Banks. Becky Lynch versus um, Bianca yeah, Belair was a better match. But this was a good match. Again, the Marks couldn't keep, help themselves to try to put this – big this up bigger than it was, mm-hmm. and that took me out of the match. So that, it wasn't anything of fault of FTR or the Briscoes. It was really just the fans that just took me out of this match. Um, but good match. And then the last thing, the third, the best thing, 
the good of my good right is mm -hmm. tully blanchard's uh faction jesus christ these guys you got khan formerly from uh shane taylor promotions mm -hmm. who was the other guy with him i didn't catch his name that's uh, tio leone he's uh looks to be samoan in, in, in every way shape or form he holy looks shit these dudes these guys need to be in wwe because they look money he looks all like, of them he looks like jacob fatu supersized with tattoos yes oh my god i was i saw these guys fighting who has a cheeseburger and some other bum <laughs> yeah yeah does he go by a cheeseburger or the uh all fa the world famous cb now and who is the other guy oh I, oh is oh shinobi shadow squad so what's what's the kid's name i i don't know i can't remember his name it's jobber not number two all i know is that he got squashed like small white guy is, is his name holy I, can't, I can't remember shit these guys just print the fucking money put the belts on these guys this is just oh my god amazing and then later on you got brian cage part of this faction too it just looks like money all over this is vince mcmahon's wet dream yeah, he, he's going to be, he's gonna be the, the world champion as soon as they figure out when they're going to run shows and how they're going to run shows and whether it's just going to be instead of darker elevation before dynamite or you know TV or what they're going to do with it. But they, they're going to, I think, I think they will be. I think they'll be like the bloodline or toxic attraction. They'll they will hold all the gold and be a power faction, you know, for a bit. Immediately, they felt like a big deal. Tully feels like a big deal. Yeah. Totally forgot about his shenanigans on AEW. Mm -hmm. Brian Cage felt like a big deal. I really hope that they take this opportunity to put all their big guys, Luchasaurus, <coughs> excuse me, all their big guys on this ROH. Plus, don't I mean don't don't forget the the story's already there that Tully was fired by FTR, the current Ring of Honor champions. The the story writes itself. I don't know if this was accidental or on purpose, but either way, it works. Listen, take my money. These guys were were legit. I saw them. I started clapping it up. Listen, Brian if, Cage if you did took not the best to... of AEW and the best of Ring of Honor and put them together, you would have a near perfect promotion. So, I mean, I, I even though it's Tony Khan's goof, I'm still very bullish on this whole thing. Listen, that that those were the only good things. I right, like. Let me, report, let me report some other results because they're. I mean. Pretty much everybody who was a Ring of Honor person facing an AEW person, the Ring of Honor person lost, and the AEW person won. So Wheeler Yuta, my favorite, beat Josh the Goods Woods, who's a legit wrestler, bigger guy, been on dark, won a match, got a promo time. Well, Wheeler Yuta defeated him for the pure championship. Okay, I get it. You know, he, he's sort of dancing with uh, Brian Danielson and, and, and that group, the um, Blackpool Combat Club. And Brian Danielson was, in fact, the first Ring of Honor Pure Championship. So that story writes itself. So I understand how it makes sense, but it still sort of annoys me. A Mistake. lot of people were shocked by that by that outcome, myself included. Like, we thought Josh Woods was going to have it. Josh Wood looks good. Like, I, this is the first time good. I've seen him live. Jesus Christ, that guy looks like... I, I told you a few weeks ago I'd like to see him in Alpha Academy. I think he'd be a perfect fit there. Without a doubt. Um, Mercedes Martinez defeated Miranda Alizé, who, by the way, is is one the only woman from Ring of Honor's restarted women's division that I, you know, you know maybe um, uh, she was and, no, she was booked as Willow. Oh shit, you're right. It was it was Willow Nightingale who right. fought right. 
Miranda uh, Alizé, I think, fought Aqua. Oh, no, not Aqua. AKA, AQA, AQA. And lost. Um, right. So she lost. And she's the she's like sort of like their version of Evil East, but she doesn't have an attitude problem. But she's good. <laughs> but Aqua won. Mercedes Martinez beat Willow Nightingale, who's the most overrated indie female wrestler I've ever heard of in my life. Because I've never I, oh my god, her. there was this. There was a couple spots where I thought somebody was gonna like Willow was gonna break Mercedes Martinez's neck. One was I think the moon salt. I think she landed square on um, on her head. Mer- Mercedes is like neck area like i was terrified and then earlier she flips her out of the ring like i think she does like a suplex and it looks like she almost lands on her neck i was oh my god terrifying stuff terrifying so mercedes martinez won she's the aw contracted person she is the interim ring of honor women's world champion even though they actually have a title holder right now who happens to be an impact so i mean listen i don't really blame them for doing it I, I, the story is supposed to be that Mercedes Martinez will face Deanna Perrazzo at a later date. I'd say there's no better than a 50-50 chance that that match ever takes place because Impact doesn't really want to play with with Tony Khan after their their prior experience. Um, but they they can be bought as they've shown before. But I, I, I I'm I'm willing. I would say it's at least 50-50 that that Deanna just gets stripped of that title. Mercedes is given the title as a, you know, not interim anymore. The interim uh, moniker is removed and no one talks about it. There was a TV championship match with Rhett Titus, a ring of honor, long timer. And Minoru Suzuki was there and he won and he is now the ring of honor TV champion. And I'm just wondering when Minoru Suzuki is leaving town because, or when he's coming back next, because obviously he's going to drop that title as soon as he comes back. Um, but, you know, Suzuki came. So I guess you know, that was the big surprise for the 700 people in the room. No, I think the big surprise was uh, Samoa Joe. But, you know, I think Suzuki, I I, I was not thrilled about Minoru Suzuki being there. I mean. Did you say? He, he's a, no. Did anyone? I don't even know what, the, what, those, what those lyrics are. I feel like it's just like a, just overrated. It's just. Someone stole my cat. It's ridiculous. Is that what they say at the end? I have no idea. I think it's carefully placed bears. Oh, my God. It's just horrible. It's horrible. It's just. Los los gatos no tienes zapatos. I think that's what they were singing at the end. Because I I try to figure. Later on, Minoru Suzuki also makes an appearance at Joey Janela's. Pretty much every bum from the Ring of Honor show showed up later at the Joey Janela spring break. I thought all, all these guys are working like 18 shows. Oh my God. I was like, didn't I just see this guys? And then I had to, if I didn't have to endure that stupid song once, I had to listen to it three goddamn times because I, I he wins, he he enters, he wins. Then he goes back to Joey Janela's thing. It's fucking ridiculous, Jeff. Stupid song. I don't even know what they're fucking saying. I don't know. I, but yet they, I, I, don't, I guarantee you, Jeff, nobody knows what, what the fucking words to this song is. They just pretend to know. There's a lot of pretending going on when it comes to Japanese wrestling. All right, so Supercard of Honor had some good, had had some bad, a lot of fluff, and basically, you know what was the ugliest thing of Supercard of Honor was Tony Khan coming out. He comes out in the beginning of this show, 
And he's all like, I want to introduce the guy that started it all, Tony Silk, uh, Carrie Silkin, everybody. And then Carrie Silkin you know, comes, like he's, you know, uh, <laughs> weekend. it's weekend at Bernie's. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, shaking all around. And then he's walking to the ring and he's like giving every single fan in the audience a high five. And, and <laughs> his entrance takes, I want to say probably like, five minutes and tony khan is just standing at the top of the ramp this is probably not on air and you can see tony khan visibly getting i've got it on video i should put it up you can see tony khan visibly getting upset like let's get on with this motherfucker i'm just standing here holding my dick like what are you doing right i got i got two lines waiting for me in the back oh my god for real the shit's wearing off let's get on with it yeah holy christ Okay, so then you made your way to GCW. So what city was that in? Did you have to go back to Dallas? Was it somewhere in between? I had to go back to Dallas, and our our buddy, uh, Caden, was at the Supercard of Honor show and telling me – we were texting each other uh, when our cell service was working because that was the big problem. Like, I would have sent out more tweets, but the cell service wasn't working. Well, they don't have coverage in Texas. Power grid. And uh, – how Caden say have, the entire ride that it was the best show he's ever seen? The entire ride. He was tweeting me, texting me that the entire night. Did you see Minoru Suzuki? Of course I fucking saw it. I've been here since since the time yeah. we both walked into this. Yeah, place. I saw the five foot seven, fifty eight year old guy. Sure, I saw him with the scar yeah. head. Did you see the Briscoes? This was the greatest match of the weekend. The the weekend has just started. What are you talking about? Well, maybe he went but, to control your narrative, which I still haven't heard anything about. Nothing. Not a thing. Well, I, I saw Braun Strowman at uh, WrestleCon. Did you? Yeah, did, that's, did that's, you? All my, that, that's my whole story. Did he, did, he, did he give you the results? Did he give you the rundown of what happened to control your narrative? No, he did not. Absolutely I guess not. that wasn't but, part of his narrative. But he has, he has probably the worst haircut out of all the wrestlers that I saw over the weekend. Well, isn't he doing like the warlord, like the like the reverse yes. mohawk, like sort of like hawk? With Holy him. shit. It's like a, 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 a double mohawk. Oh, hard. Yeah, it's the reverse. It's like what Warlord did. Like what what Hawk did. Road yes, Hawk yes. Not Tony. Yes, Hawk, but it's black audience. Well, yeah. Got yes. Oh okay, so GCW show. So you get there. Where is this? How many people so, are there? So, <laughs> so it is at the at Fair Park in Dallas, and how can I describe Fair Park? But like an abandoned. You know, like if you watch the Batman animated series and there's yep. like, and the Joker's always, his hideout's always like an abandoned amusement park. That's yeah, what yeah. this place is. Like, I yeah. swear to God, I walked through the parking lot and I was like, the Joker and his henchmen have to be somewhere around here because there's a, there's an abandoned Ferris wheel. It's, a, 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 it's in, in, a, in this convention center that I see a bunch of skateboard punks just doing shit by the stairs. That was Cora Jade and Darby Allen. Oh my God! It it probably was Corey Jade. Um, okay, so the show just, itself, how, how many people would you say? A thousand, five hundred, two hundred? Oh no, no, no! Hold on, hold on! I gotta still give you the setup. So you walk in, and it's like this convention center kind of like light. I want you to think of like a flea market indoors kind of setup, right? So like to the left of you, there is again think flea market, think um, 
the seventies. That's where MCW used to run their shows in Joppa. It was a flea market. Then you walked into an old room, which was probably like probably like a, a warehouse storage room. Yes, and they 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 put a ring in the middle of it and, and a bunch of uh, bridge chairs. Oh my God, you're right. Like that's exactly what it felt like. Like so, so then they like had like um a. <laughs> Like when it the Hardys like... were going around to the Indies and collecting the belts from every indie promotion, they they routine they would walk through the flea markets and then go through a door and then there's this you know larger room that you know yes. empty storage. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly what it was. It was like you. It was like a vintage store, like a wrestling vintage store. Okay. And I'm like, wow, this is like really trippy. And then you across the hall is. You know, again, that other venue where it's a more kind of like um, a rec center. And there's just a bunch of chairs. You could even bring in your own lawn chair. You could have standing room only and bring in your own lawn chair. Which is my, my friend Spicoli back at the uh, Supercard show told me that. Mm. Um, but I, you know, I'm traveling. I don't have my own lawn chair. No. Thanks, Spicoli. Yeah. So you go in and again, I'm tossing a couple beers back. Matt Cardona shows up, Chelsea Green. I mean, both of these guys look like money, like Chelsea Green. Wow. I mean, both of them, like, you can you can tell that these guys are money. And I forget who they're fighting. I forget uh, I forget who he fought. Jesus Christ. It was Christ. the Aldises. No, it wasn't the – no, not, that wasn't this Oh, they show. fought them in multiverse. Right. <clears throat> at, at, at GCW, it was probably a – It was a... Chris Dickinson. He fought Chris Dickinson to open. And I like Dickinson, but I mean, Matt Cardona is the fucking man and everybody's booing Matt Cardona. I'm the only one cheering because he actually looks like a goddamn legit professional. And, and, um, it, it's just, that was the minute that match is over. Every match is just complete shenanigans. Like it's just complete slop house, trash wrestling, garbage in the clusterfuck match. It was supposed to be like a battle royal, but there's no time limits of who gets thrown in and thrown out. Jeff, there was one guy in the middle of the ring. Um, shit. He used to be the TV champion. He got of his ass promotion. of ROH. He got his ass whipped by Minoru Suzuki at Red Super Titus. Ring. Red Titus. Red Titus is in the ring, and I go, "Is this discount Adam Cole? What is he doing here?" So he's standing in the middle of the ring and then the next guy, they play some music and then the curtain moves like it, it, it ruffles. And then all of a sudden the fans start cheering. Nobody came out, Jeff. Mm -hmm. And then red Titus starts selling that somebody's in the ring. Who is it? It's the invisible man. Are you fucking kidding me, Jeff? Wow, so then, budget. so then red Titus starts wrestling himself. Mm. For the better part of ten minutes, well, and guarantee these guys, the Red Titus lost. Oh, he that he gets eliminated, of course, by the Invisible Man. So he throws himself out. Cool. And the Invisible Man gets gets over, and then it takes Joey Janela and some other jabron to to get rid of the Invisible Man. Excellent. If that wasn't enough, there's a fat guy that comes out, but he's coughing up a lung. And Ace before, Romero. I forget, I don't even know who it was. And so he's coughing up a lung, and Joey Janela's like, stop. And Joey Janela then puts a mask on. Oh, okay. And then they all put a mask on. And so now it's it's social distance wrestling. 
So now they all have to wrestle, but they have to be about six feet away from each other. Oh. And then the fans start chanting, six feet, six feet. This this is what I'm telling you about. Well, you know what? Actually, that's that would probably be more entertaining than the match itself. I mean, that just sounds like it, it's like mum and chance. It's like mime dancing. It's it's all about putting themselves over, Jeff. This is I I, I don't get it. So don't don't. And this is going to tie back to the Sami Zayn, um, uh, Johnny Knoxville match later right. because I heard the no, same no. idiots lapping that match up with the Invisible Man and the social distance wrestling shitting on the mousetrap ending for Sami Zayn versus Knoxville. Okay. It's all one in the fucking same. You can't tell me that you love the Invisible Man and then don't buy into Well, one is all wrestlers. The other is is a, a stunt guy that, uh, I mean, you... I mean, you knew it was going to be a living cartoon. You just didn't know, you know, how they were going to do it. I mean, so anyway. All right. So the GCW show, uh, from all reports, it sounds like it was terrible. I thought it was terrible, yes. Caden thought it was amazing. Of course he did. Um, My friend Jace, he uh, is the host of the Bottom Line Wrestling Podcast. If you want to hear more of my thoughts, you can check it out there. But um, And an exotic dancer. He loved it. I hated it. We left early. I was like, this is garbage. We've Loved seen it enough. so much. He left early. We, yep, exactly. We both, we said sleep is more important than this. And then we left. Okay. So that was night one. Okay. Well, go on. Night, night two was WrestleMania. And listen, WrestleMania was amazing. I loved it as a big when Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. You did nothing oh, Saturday during the day? Saturday morning was WrestleCon. You're right. And, and that's where I saw, where I found the, you know, Naya, Lena, uh -huh. really sweet, sweet interaction. There was these two fans that came up to her. We were, she was sitting in the lobby. I saw Booker T in the lobby. I saw a lot of guys in the lobby. And that's where I almost ran into Carrie Silken. Mm -hmm. And was Tony Khan like going on tapping his watch? <laughs> no, but he should have. Ah. He was too busy uh, snorting coke off of uh, tables. Nice. So, yeah, so she's looks like she's waiting for her car to come and pick her up. And so she's just sitting in the lobby and there's a, a set of fans that come over, just a couple of them. Like, a, I think it was either a mother or daughter, mother and son or, or, you know, some sort of family members. And they were like, listen, we missed you upstairs. Um, and we really are big fans. We want to see if we can get some stuff signed and a picture. And she's like, yeah, no problem. Did and she, she put them through a table like, like they were Lana? <laughs> that would have been funny. But she's so sweet and she's so nice and so caring. And then they try to slide her some money and she's like, nah, don't worry about it. Like, mm -hmm. it's good. So like, super sweet. Like, I, you know, she gets a lot of hate online, but super, super cool person. Okay. Well, you were able to judge that from this one interaction, but that's, that's Thank good. Thank you. So you caught her in a good moment. That's good. That's right. She's an angel. Okay. I love you. Terrific. I love you, Lena. You have my permission to marry her. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did we do? We went upstairs and everybody's up there. Uh, Ted DiBiase, uh, Boogeyman, D'Lo Brown, uh, Kalisto. I got to shake hands with Kalisto and I bought some uh, some Lucha swag from him. The, <laughs> Wait, uh, isn't he Samurai Del Sol now? Uh, yeah, sure. Whatever you want to listen, whatever you, you pay to call him, that's, oh, oh, you know what was funny? Well, what did he call himself there? Did he call himself Kalista or Samurai Del Sol? 
neither. He just there was, he was just there and he's like, "Hey, buddy, what's going on? ¿Qué pasa, jefe?" That's it. And if you paid him thirty bucks, he would slap you. Did Did you say anything like, "I'm okay, I can carry my own bags"? No, I I actually bought a hat from him that said Lucha. So you knew who he was, without a doubt. I went okay. up to him, "Hey, Lucha things, what's going on?" He's like, "Hey, buddy, cómo estás?" It's fun and times. Then, I gave him thirty bucks. And did you say I'm Turkish? You racist? No, no, of course we were all good. Oh, okay. I got to see Phoenix and and um, Penta. They wanted like a hundred bucks for a picture. I was like, "Yeah." Did I'm Phoenix only have one arm? <laughs> no, not 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 this night. Okay. Was Psycho Clown. Psycho Clown was there. I should oh, have good. taken a picture with Psycho Clown. And the carefully placed bears. Absolutely. Okay. Iconics were there. You no, mean the inspiration? Let, me, let me tell a quick. Let me tell a quick story about these iconics. Uh, you haven't told a quick story yet, so take your time. So my friend, he's a, a big wrestling fan, and so he loves getting these, you know, uh, pictures with these uh, superstars. Right? Mm-hmm. He'll pay, you know, top dollar, reformed whatever. superstars, whatever. So former superstars, current superstars. He likes. So back in the fall. In the midst of COVID, he got a picture with the Iconics here in New York for a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. But the picture was with a, with masks on, mm-hmm. so they're all three of them wearing masks. So now they're doing pictures without masks. Mm-hmm. So I was, I'm like, yo, buddy, why don't you just ask him for another a do over right here? Like you paid a hundred bucks. Like what are they gonna say no? And he's like, no, don't bother them. So I go ahead and I'm like. Hey, what's going? Uh, what's going on, Peyton? And what's going on? Uh, nobody knows your name. Um, hey, hey, sweet cheeks and buttercup. <laughs> so listen, my buddy's a big, big, huge uh, fan of yours, and he got a picture with you guys back in New York where you dropped a hundred bucks, but it was with masks on. Do you guys mind? And as I'm saying, do you guys mind? Mm-hmm. He's behind me going. No, it's okay. I'll pay the extra 60 bucks. I can't. I'm trying to fucking negotiate for this guy. I, I so thought now, you that they, they took their tops off and flashed it. Oh, listen. They should have for the 160 bucks for two lousy fucking pictures, one of which you can only use. So they go, well, listen, it was CDC guidelines back then. Yeah, unfortunately, you're going to have to pay another 60 bucks. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, you're the worst person to take car shopping. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? We could have walked away and watched them have been like, all right, listen, we'll do it for 30. Like, you didn't even give me that opportunity. And they're so miserable. Like, this picture ends up like, they're not thrilled. They're not super smiling hard. I can see why Vince got rid of them. Are they attractive in person? Oh, without a doubt. Are they, uh, is Cassie Lee... Peyton, is she frighteningly thin in person or no? They were wearing like these baby doll shirts. So it was tough to tell. Like all you could see was like cleavage and then like the baby doll kind of kicked out. So I couldn't see if they're like waifishly thin. They didn't look waifishly thin if that's the question. You could see their arms and legs, right? No, they didn't look, they didn't look like waifs. No. Okay. Well, Billy Kay, I mean, I think is. I mean, I wouldn't call her wayfish. I mean, she's she's not big, but I mean, I think that she was is like normal, sexy proportions. I, I just thought that yes. they might be really, really thin. No, like Brit they're about the same. Thin, you know. No, Brit's Brit's a lot thinner. Okay, all right. 
And Brit, Brit, Brit was charging less. And even she gets like she gets over there. She'll chat you up. Hey, what's going on, buddy? She'll make you feel special. You know, like you know, Brit is much. It's strange because she's much better looking in person than she is on TV, which is which is odd because she's attractive on TV. I'm not trying to say she isn't, but in person, when I saw her, she's she was better looking. Like most people are better looking on TV than in person. Yeah, yeah. Who else was there? I saw Candace Michelle. She said hi to me while I was standing next to the garbage. Did her? Did her? bra pop off and did she go oops yeah, without a doubt absolutely that actually you, happened. Say, you know i'm big daddy cool you used to work for go daddy what do you think <laughs> i didn't think of that that quickly i should have yeah. what i love about wrestlecon is like you can why do you, bring, why do you pay for jason the other guy instead of paying for me i didn't pay for him what are you liar. talking about liar so what i love about wrestlecon is like it looks like it's like a high school reunion so like mm -hmm. You'll see like Art Anderson show up and he's like giving hugs to like William Regal sees Candace Michelle and he's like hugging up and he's like, Hey, how you doing? How you Arn been? Art Anderson is the old math teacher. William Regal's the old English teacher. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, yeah so that was inspiration. They're like the the cheerleading coaches. Yeah. Jeff Hardy was there too. I, I told Jason, Jason, because he's from North Carolina, is like a big Jeff Hardy mark. And I said, Listen, you better get this fucking picture with Jeff Hardy now because was he wasted? The next time might be where you might see this guy alive. Was he wasted? Jeff or Jason? <laughs> Both. But let's go with Jeff. No one cares about Jason. Jeff, I don't know. I didn't hang out enough. He he kind of seemed to be upright. Okay. That's good. Without swaying. Okay. That's positive. Yeah, so I, I mean WrestleCon was was fun. It was fun. Good. Okay. Okay. WrestleMania. WrestleMania, I mean, listen, WrestleMania was so super fun. I got shit faced. This is where the rest, I regret wasting my voice at Ring of Honor and Joey Janela's uh, clusterfuck shindig. Yeah, let's not mention that again. Where, because I, I walked out of Friday night sounding like I do now. And then in after night one of WrestleMania, I lost my voice completely. Was yelling up a storm having a good old time this people in my section loved me they were like this guy's oh, great sure. yeah i'm sure no they doubt. were loving it mm -hmm. without a doubt yeah i've got proof i got videos right. i was you were like was, the mcdonald's i'm loving it oh my god they were loving it they were loving the, the the camaraderie the the fun right they all started podcasts just to talk about this great guy they met i was shitting so hard on aw and and every, nobody wanted to admit that they were aw fans I just thought you were going to say that you were shitting so hard. And I was like, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only guy booing Cody Rhodes in our section. I was like, I don't oh like this goodness. guy. Yeah. Were you shocked to see Cody Rhodes? No, of course not. Cause we all predicted it, but I mean, I mean, I, I guess we can skip ahead a little bit to that, but I, I thought that that was perfectly executed theater. I thought it was, it, it's not my style of match, but it was a, it was a good wrestling match. I thought I, I thought it was perfect. I thought that the, they really sold the drama of the moment. Um, they made you wait. They built up the tension. You got the what you were expecting. I know. I, I I thought it was pretty brilliant, actually. My favorite part was when he did the Stardust callback. It's like, see, you remember. You know what put you what got you over the first time around. Stop stop fronting with this bullshit. <laughs> I will say, like everybody. 
you know, he comes back with the story of like, you know, my daddy never won the, the world title in WWE. I'm coming here to right a wrong. My brother never won it. I feel that, but let's be real. There's actual people that think that Vince McMahon is going to feed Roman Reigns to Cody Rhodes. There's no chance in hell that's happening. Well, Cody Rhodes is going to get a world title. And I mean, I, you've seen the news. There's, there's a, there's a chance that Roman Reigns might be out for a significant amount of time. So we're going to have to talk about how Brock Lesnar has injured the shoulder of Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns in main events. Do we know what exactly is the ailment that Roman Reigns has? Because all I saw was like his muscle was bulging, not his shoulder, but his muscle, like in the mid mid bicep tricep. No, those are called mu- those are called muscles. No, no, it's it's, it's his shoulder. It, it it's his shoulder, and and I have a feeling that it, that Brock maybe is stronger on one side than the other. That happens as you get older; your back sometimes just hurts. And when you're throwing around two hundred and seventy-five pound men, you know you favor one side, and and. You know, we talked about it with Lashley. It looked like four times he took it on the shoulder. And I, I didn't notice it with with the Roman match, but, I mean, it was after 9,000 hours of wrestling, so maybe I wasn't yeah. looking at things with a scrutinous eye. I was just trying to enjoy the, the whole pageantry of it. Sure. But, um, yeah, I, I thought, uh, was I excited to see Cody Rhodes? Yeah, because that's what that, that was. That was the expectation. It met the expectation. Anything else, listen, even if I personally would have preferred to have seen The Fiend back, that still would have been disappointing even to me and probably to 90% of the people. If other people wanted to see, I don't know, whatever. let's just say Kazuchika Akata showed up and that would be <laughs> IWC dream. It still would have been disappointing to me because everybody was expecting it to be Cody Rhodes. And it was. So, yeah, why would I have a problem? Yeah. Same, I, music, my... same entrance, same outfit. I'm pretty. Was the voiceover? There's more than one royal family in wrestling. Was that was that Vince's voice, or is that just Cody Rhodes speaking deeply? I think that was a gold dust. Okay. I definitely wasn't Vince. Vince is not going to say that. Uh, why not? Why not? I mean, Vince likes being part of the show. There's only so many roles in the show he can have at this point. Um, okay, so you're at WrestleMania, and it starts with match number one. So. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously there's pageantry. They have that country music singer who could not sing worth shit doing America the Beautiful. That was horrible. That was I don't recall America the Beautiful being like such a slow song. But maybe it is. Maybe I'm getting confused with the Star Spangled Banner. I don't well, know. I, I remember it having words and the woman who sang the second day seemed to confirm my memory of it. But oh my God. That guy She's so beautiful. Was that guy well, I never heard of either of them, but that guy was terrible. I mean, that was that was embarrassing. I'm like, I'm like, you know, not only had hadn't I heard of him, but I never want to hear about him again. That that was that was a bad start. But then the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders came up, and that was a good start. Um, so that was great. Um, but yeah, so I'm sure the crowd was electric. I'm sure there was pyro. I'm sure there was like plenty of music rock and were there any pre-show matches or events that we did not see on there were no pre-show matches there was a segment with titus um introducing some uh local charities and recognizing them with belts there was for both nights there was a dj that mixed uh entrance music with uh top 40 music like pop music okay 
So he did a really good job. That was a pretty cool DJ. Um, that was it. There was no like other pre-show that that I saw. Like when the show started at seven, and then we went on, and um, and you didn't you didn't go to stand and deliver, right? No, we were we were thinking about it, but then it just became too much. So no, we yeah. didn't go to stand and deliver. All right, well, we'll cover stand and deliver real quickly later. But uh, okay, so the the first match, first match, Usos versus Boogs and Nakamura. Nakamura comes out. I mean, he's fire. That entrance, everybody's up. I started dancing on the chair. This is when the people started falling in love with me. I said, I'll be Pat McAfee tonight. What took so them started, so long? I started dancing. I know. What took them so long? I started dancing on my chair. One one guy was like, we picked a good section to sit in. Um, Translation, they're saying, sit the fuck down. We can't see. <laughs> Asshole. Yeah. Um, Are your pants supposed to be brown? I don't know if 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 the Boogs injury was legit. Like I didn't oh, really take that. it as I didn't take it as legit from sitting there. Like I thought it was part of the work. Well, so but, did I, but that's because they sold it. But no, it's legit. They showed it. His his leg balloon like four times. I, you must be really out of it because his his quad and patella completely came off the bone. Oof. He's going he's going to need surgery and rehab. He's probably gone for 9 months and he's got to change up his whole gimmick because he's not going to be able to do the strongman thing anymore. So that match Nakamura and Boogs were supposed to win the titles. That they changed the end. They they called an audible. So my pick was right and it got disqualified by injury. Now that's not the important thing. The important thing is the injury. Um and hopefully Rick Boogs will uh recover. But I mean, I, you know, I should have. That shouldn't count against me. With Rick Boogs being sidelined for so long, why not just give Elias back his gimmick? You, you, who's Elias? Good. I'm glad you're you're part of the team now. Yeah. Good job. I, I mean, I don't know if his younger brother also is talented musically. Maybe maybe he could do it. Maybe Elias did more the acoustic, and maybe Ezekiel played electric. I mean, that's not a bad idea. He's on Raw, but I mean, you know, I think they're going to mix things up a bit. Maybe there's another brother. Maybe there's Elijah. Maybe Is maybe it, he, he. I still think him. that he could be Bash Carter. Yeah. That, 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 yeah no. Oh, is it ba- um, is Bash Carter like inappropriate because that's Nash got in trouble because he was bashing Kimberly? It, it, it's just no, because no, no, it's, too soon, too soon, Jeff. <laughs> it, 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 it just, it just, it's just no across the board. It's it just. Uh, it, 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 I, I think at this point we can say that Madcap Moss on the SmackDown WrestleMania or WrestleMania SmackDown, which is technically part of WrestleMania, that Madcap Moss won the Andrew the Giant Battle Royal because there was a typo where they said Andrew the Giant. Obviously, no, they the didn't. Where was this? Uh, this on, was on the Chiron. Yeah, and apparently someone didn't catch the autocorrect, uh, so it said Andre the Giant read Andrew the Giant, but Madcap Moss. One, despite distractions from uh, Baron Corbin, who I guess was trying to help him and did help him a couple times, but most of the time they seemed to be bickering. Um, what I thought was going to happen didn't happen. I thought that Damian Priest was going to go batshit crazy and go evil on it. Nope. I thought that then I thought maybe, you know, Finn, they'd give him the win because he really had no real role in WrestleMania. Nope. They went with Madcap Moss. So he won the Battle Royal. And the only reason I'm going on and on about this is because match number two was. Baron Corbin with Madcap Moss against uh, Drew McIntyre and his sword. This was a quick match, and it should have been. Yeah. And the, it was a cool spot where he breaks the the, the ring. Was it cool? 
What, what was it really? It cool? was cool to watch live. Like, okay, I liked it. All right, I know there's some argument whether the ropes worked or whether it was a real sword. Honest to God, I don't care. I just think that if they had a, a razor blade sharpened katana live there, that that would be an extremely irresponsible thing to have. But whatever, the the spot was okay. I just think the whole sword thing is stupid. I loved it. It's okay. great. It's WrestleMania. Well, okay. Absent the being, listen. I understand if you're a WrestleMania and the whole atmosphere, everything you're going to enjoy everything. I get. I totally get that. I'm. I'm just talking about the sword writ large collectively, not in this moment particularly, but including this moment that the sword thing is dumb. You just hate Braveheart. I actually like Braveheart. I. I uh, never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> you just hate so the Drew, Drew McIntyre won as he should have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Then we've got like one of the more surprising matches of the night, Logan Paul and Miz versus the Mysterios. You know, I know everybody's giving Logan Paul a lot of credit, as they should. He looked really good. He looked great. But nobody's really giving Dom Mysterio enough credit for putting over Logan Paul. There was a couple spots there if you watch. Nah, Jeff. Jeff's shaking his head right now. If you watch... If you pay close attention to the match, there's a couple spots where Dom really does put over Logan Paul in several different moments during this match. He did; he was in the right place, sold at the right level, kept this guy safe. Kudos to Dom. I agree. Dominic should be on AEW Dark. So, but <laughs> Logan Paul really impressed. He did the Three Amigos. He did the Eddie Guerrero. Cheap, you know. Yep, right. He 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 shook when he was doing the frog splash. He did a frog splash. He had the heel face. I mean, I think if WWE knew how good he was going to do and how much he embraced the heel persona, I think they would have changed the end so that he's the one who went heel on The Miz as opposed to the other, which really makes no sense whatsoever um, or very little sense. Um, but this was a match that I, I think that was, you know, you, you knew that the faces were going to win. Um, you know, we talked about how, we, you know, you know, I sort of got the ending. Not sorry, I got the ending wrong. I got the wrong turn and 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 the wrong way of the result, but the, you know, you know, of course the 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 faces won, and you know, and then there was the Miz giving Logan Paul what is he called the the uh, whatever his face plant is the what's what's his finisher called? Oh, the um, oh my God, what is it? It's a it's, like, it's a front leg Russian leg sweep, but what is he called the. Uh... I, what, not the grand finale. He calls it's it something like that. Whatever. Yeah. Who cares? It, it, no, just edit this out. Um, so, <laughs> nope. It's day in it. So, all right. F- faces win. We get, a, we get a strange turn. So, I guess, I mean, I think it's guaranteed that Logan Paul and The Miz will continue this. I just, you know, whether if they're doing Hell in the Cell, it'll be finished at Hell in the Cell. But this will end in a steel cage match, probably at SummerSlam. Jeff, you know, one thing that stuck out to me especially watching this year logan paul just outshine most of the wrestlers um i won't say that he was one of the 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 bigger surprises right so he didn't really outshine wrestlers but he kind of really was like wow he's really good last year we said the same thing about bad bunny right and even pat mcafee on night two everybody's still shocked i mean even though we saw this guy in nxt Pat McAfee was awesome. Jeff, that that was one of my biggest takeaways of the weekend is like, sorry, I got to clear my throat. Um, that you let that out. On, 
on Ring of Honor, you had a couple of flubs in the early part of the card. GCW, complete shit show. All these indie wrestlers that are beloved by the internet wrestling community pale in comparison to the the degree of entertaining and safety and professionalism that all three of these guys, Bad Bunny, Logan Paul, Pat McAfee, showed at WrestleMania. And that goes to show you that WWE can pretty much prepare anybody for that that is in an athletic state and willing to learn and puts the time in to train them to look like a professional wrestler at the grandest stage of all. Like you you realize that you are saying that on on the same card where somebody tore their quad 3 weeks after somebody had their neck broken and the biggest star in wrestling might be out for 6 months. Yes, but I'm also saying that none of that was because of a sloppy shop. Oh, okay. It, it, it's <laughs> a bunch of just lightning struck three times in a short Got it. Okay. So anyway, I was very impressed with Logan Paul. and They've uh, come a long way from, from Lawrence Taylor now. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is different. I mean, I will get, go off. Even Shaq in his one match, he obviously put work in. I mean, people are taking this seriously. I don't know if it's that the paycheck is that big or that they, you know, they will. I don't know what it is. But yeah, pe- the people coming in are taking it seriously. And, and it shows they're putting the work in. They, they're probably truly fans and they want to look good. They don't want to embarrass themselves and more power to them. Um, the next Except match, Brock Anderson. The, the next match was Bianca Belair against Becky Lynch for the title. Um, for whatever reason out there, some people are, are shitting on this match. This was, I thought this match was excellent. I love this match. I thought this match was terrific. Um, Bianca won as she should have. I understand that it was a, wasn't as crisp as some other matches, but to me that made it feel like it was more of a real fight. Um, I know that we got lucky with when Becky's heel hit Bianca that it didn't do serious damage to her eye, just a pretty bad shiner. Uh, I missed that. I got to go run that back because I did not see that spot live. I saw it. I was worried. Yeah. And then they replayed it. And I'm like, oh, geez. So um, what, what, what was the move? What was the interaction? Um, it was... I think Becky was doing, oh, geez, I can't even tell you what it was, but uh, Becky was coming down with her leg. She was upside down. Like she was, uh, but it was an offensive move. It was like a, almost like a reverse Pele kick kind of thing, but with both oh. of her legs. And the heel of her boot caught Bianca right above and on the left eye, almost to the bridge of the nose, but more on the eye. And it looked like it hit in then slow motion. It really looked like it hit. And you could see her eye starting to swell during the course of the match. But, like, she had a lock of hair that was coming down at the, at the same place. So, you know, you, I wasn't quite sure if it wasn't just my eyes playing tricks on me or if it wasn't right. the, the lock of hair causing, causing the distortion. But, obviously, when she came out Monday Night Raw, I mean, that was a, a real solid shiner up, you know, yep. totally purple and swollen, bottom of up, up. Her right eye was less swollen. Her forehead's a little swollen. I mean, she took a good – and, listen, she – Work through it. That that it can't be easy to wrestle with one eye when you're in that kind of pain. She looked great. I, I thought this match was terrific, um, and the right person won. I I I, I thought I, I thought this was a winner. I mean, to me, to me, this was 
the match of the night. Agreed. I think it's the match of the weekend. I mean, the story was there. I I would have preferred probably a couple of more false finishes near the end, but mm -hmm. other than that, I think it was you know a really really excellent match. I, I don't think that wrestling overall needs any more false finishes. I think that we I think that we have false finish overkill, and I appreciate that there weren't that many false finishes. So I'm I'm cool with it. Good for you. I'm glad you're cool with it. Now we already covered Seth and Cody, which was the next match. And this was this was brilliant. And as I told you and as you refused to believe, Cody won one, two, three, because the the war is different now. And I think in hindsight, even you have to admit that it was the right booking decision. Nope. <laughs> Do you want to explain yourself or you just want to be contrary? I, I can't. Uh, listen, I was telling everybody in that audience, like, AW is a bu is Bush League. What does AW have to do with Cody Rhodes? It, it, that's where he came from. He came. He was a mid-carder at best in AW, wasn't doing shit. And then all of a sudden he leaves and beats one of the best guys on the on the roster like it's ridiculous he should have came in jobbed out to wee man and then uh you know earn his way up to the top like that cm punk fellow well i i'm glad you brought this up only because i want to know if wee man matched your excitement about little haiti oh my god without a doubt you know that was the first fucking guy i was thinking about I was like god damn it you know what and and jeff loud Probably besides Cody Rhodes, loudest pop of the weekend was Wee Man doing that 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 body slam with Sami Zayn. Who, who doesn't want to see a dwarf body <laughs> slam a professional wrestler? I mean, come on. I mean, listen, it looked it looked as as almost pinpoint accurate to Hogan slamming Andre. That's exactly what that looked like. It, it was executed very well. I mean, you know, Sammy made that thing work. Sam, I, listen, I, I'm not a giant Sami Zayn fan, mostly because it was Bill, but as far as character work and promos, I mean, and selling this, I mean, he, you know, he did a good job. This was the next match, right? It was Sami Zayn, Johnny Knoxville. No, that, that was the next night. That was night okay, two. Okay, well, then we shouldn't skip ahead. I just, well, I just needed to get the my little Haiti Haiti kid reference, just because that's your thing. And yeah, so. I prefer Little Beaver. Okay, well, we man, did, did he match Little Beaver? Yeah, well, listen, it's very hard to match Little Beaver. Everybody yeah, gets well, excited for Little Beaver. Uh, you're starting to sound a little creepy. Um, okay, a little creepy. Steve is a little creepy. All right, so I thought this. I thought the Seth Cody match was perfect. I think it was booked perfect. I, I, I think everything about it was perfect. It was it was excellent theater. And despite you being contrary, it was the exact right decision because you took their founding one of their founding fathers. Despite what you say, not a mid carter three time TNT champion, the face of the company, their Triple H, the guy who they had two TV shows spun off on. And they brought him in and they had to make him a star. And everybody else in the world realizes that I'm correct. And listen, all of the AEW fans crying about it should make you happy enough about it just, just to acknowledge that you were wrong. I will not acknowledge that I'm wrong. I can both glee and take solace and, and adulation at the tears of the AEW fans and also admit that Cody should have taken it out here. All right. Well, Jeff, I would love, I wanna, I would love to you more, but being as small a petty a person as I am, I can understand that complexity <laughs> of, of irreconcilable emotions. Thank you. I'm glad that we are getting to know each other 79 episodes in. Um, Jeff, I do want to talk about the 
the response to Cody Rhodes, right? You know, Monday night he shows up on Raw, starts the show with what arguably is his best promo in his entire career, right? Mm-hmm. He has the fans hooting right. and hollering for him. He's got them eating out of the palm of his hand. He is the most over babyface right now, probably in all of WWE. Everybody in AEW three months ago was clamoring, clamoring for this guy, despite him telling you, I'm not turning heel. I'm not turning heel. I'm not turning heel. They all wanted him to turn heel and they didn't respect him. They didn't appreciate Cody Rhodes and they booed the shit out of this man. This so man, agrees as, with you. as you mentioned, no, I was saying that this guy was the most, that this guy did deserve to turn heel on him, but because they were just ignoring him. But you just said it. This guy is over. He has got the pedigree. He's got these crossover opportunities, right? He's on these two different shows for TNT. And here, Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard, because apparently that's what Cody is saying, that it took both Bruce and Vince to fly out to Atlanta and meet with him to say, come back home, now's the time, let's make this happen. And after it didn't work with Tony, he said, all right, Vince, I'm coming back home. So this goes to show you that AW had a guy that they could have built as their top babyface. They're struggling, they're drowning, Jeff. Adam Page is not the guy. And now they're building up Punk to be the guy because Adam Page isn't doing it. Adam no. Cole isn't going to do it. No. So how did they miss the boat so big on Cody Rhodes that they booked themselves into a corner from the jump? He can't go after the world title. And then they never touched it again. Jeff, they dropped the ball big time. And I don't hear enough people criticizing AEW this weekend over the boat that they missed with Cody Rhodes. They fucked up big time well they're still going through their 12 steps but um i I mean i think when you say aw messed it up part of aw is cody rhodes i mean he had some amount of creative control i mean his parts of the show often felt like an entirely different show i think he did that stipulation on purpose so that he could always say no i'm not booking myself to be triple h or jeff jared even though in every other way he booked himself to be triple h or jeff jared You know, I always said that I said it here a million times. Cody Rhodes didn't want to be Dusty Rhodes. He wanted to be Triple H and John Cena. And I think he was probably incorrigible to work with. I think the power sort of went to his head. And he he, and I think that they and I think what you saw played out in the ring was actually a reflection of the conflict going on behind. I, I think they wanted Cody out. I think they just couldn't stand each other anymore. They who? I would say Tony for one probably the Bucks, certainly Kenny Omega, but I don't really think the Bucks and Kenny matter all that much, just that they agreed with Tony. I think that was, that was enough. But you're not hearing a whole lot of people saying that they missed Cody. There weren't a whole lot of congratulations. There were a few tepid. I mean, you know, there were a couple of people who came to Brandy's aid, Nyla Rose, Red Velvet, you know, a little bit here and there, but the matter was sort of dropped. Um, yeah, I I think Cody sort of did it to himself there because he wanted to be something that he's not. 
I think it's easier when someone else is doing the creative control and, and doing it. Like you can't blame Cody for being portrayed as the biggest baby face. He, his, the timing was right. I think he was uniquely positioned for it. Not, not just, not because he's Cody Rhodes, but because he is a Rhodes uh, because of Dusty, because he was a founding member of AEW, because he left and he, he's the one talking about the revolution and he came back and because they could bill him as the prodigal son. This, this is an enormous PR coup. Uh, if people are actually hurt, you know, they, they needed the help. Ezekiel and Veer <laughs> aren't going to carry TV shows on their own. Um, so I, I, I just, you know, the stars align. Co six years ago, Cody bet on himself and won by hook or by crook. He made things work. And, and you know, and, and, and this time, you know, maybe he took things too far or whatever it was. Maybe he was always right. They were wrong and they, they just didn't like each other, whatever. He, he just didn't have as much power. Whatever it was, the timing for him was right and he got scooped up and he he was there right when WWE needed him most and everything worked. You know, there was a point in time this weekend, Jeff, that Cody Rhodes won me over. And that was on Monday night when he said, there have been a lot of people that have reported that this was a tough decision for me. Where would I go? And I got to tell you right now, that decision was very easy to come back home. And I said, God damn it. I love it. Good job. Bury those fuckers. And you know what I say? Duh. There was only, <laughs> there was only one choice. I've said it a million times when everyone was saying he didn't sign the contract when it was, when it's, when it's a work, there's only one place. No place else pays wrestlers. There's two places, AEW who pays some wrestlers and WWE. That's it. Those are the only choices. So, so it was, yes, it was an easy decision. When there's one choice, it's an easy decision. When, when you live in a, in a town with one restaurant, you don't have to think about where you're going out to eat. It ain't that hard. <laughs> or there's two in one place spanned you for life. <laughs> and that, that easy decision. All right. So what was the next match? What was what was the next match? Was that Charlotte and Ronda? I believe you're right. I believe it was Charlotte and Ronda. I think there was probably another one. I felt like there was a throwaway. The other big news was that Sheamus got Sheamus and the New Day got cut, but they added him back tonight too. Right for ninety seconds, which which was perfect. It was it, uh, great. I, I'm so hey, listen, sick of the New Day. It's it's unbelievable. As far as I know, you still get a uh, WrestleMania payday from uh, ninety seconds. So absolutely. Um, okay. So, yeah. So Charlotte I was surprised. I was surprised that this, this match went the way it did. I thought Ronda was going to win, but Charlotte wins and she wins in some wonky way. Again, here we have two Ronda finishes at WrestleMania. Like you get a spear. Finish. Yeah. It's just an odd, an odd ending. I don't know. I, I mean, it's I guess it's Claire one matches. This, this was a dusty finish. This was, I thought it was great. I I I, I love to be. A, I mean, everybody in the world picked Ronda, including me, and this was great. I I thought this was terrific. I I you know I don't think this was the greatest match, but Charlotte made Ronda look about as good as she's gonna look six months after pregnancy. You know, not pregnancy after giving birth. Right. Um, I thought it was good. I thought the match was good. It was fun. It wasn't too long. I like the end. You know, uh, you know, I I like a good dusty finish, especially with a flare. Yeah, yeah. I, I I have to watch this match back, but 
just expected more. Like I expected more, but listen, it is what it is. I'm not crying about it. I just was underwhelmed by the finish. I thought Ronda was going to win. And I also thought Ronda was going to win decisively, especially again, after week, after week, after week of Charlotte, just looking so dominant. And my only question now is left is who's going to be the one that takes this from, from Charlotte. Is it going to be a rematch at backlash or is it going to be Bailey? Is it going to be Oscar? Who, who's it going to be? Who knows? Unfinished business with Lacey Evans. Maybe she's coming back. Who knows? Uh, Imagine Lisa Evans comes back woo, and, and she woo, says woo. that the baby is Rick's. <laughs> right. That she's it. that she's the sixth wife. I mean, oh my god, I but, would love it. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously Rhonda's still in the picture because she's going to be screwed. I mean, backlash usually is rematches, so I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I don't think Rhonda's yet quite in shape to be champion. She has the star power, and it really doesn't seem like her heart's completely in it. So. I mean, maybe she needs to, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to guess too much. You know, she, she gave birth to a human being six months ago. Like things are going to be different. Her priorities are going to be different. Her training schedule is going to be different. Everything's going to be different. She probably hasn't left the baby that much. I mean, I don't want to say she's suffering from postpartum depression, but it's not easy to leave your newborn period, let alone for four or five days. So I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Let's give it time, but I, I like this match, and I'm glad that Charlotte has it because Charlotte is the consummate heel. You know, speaking of that, I think there was a lot of there was a report about Charlotte Ronda not being happy with Austin and Kevin Owens being the main event of night one, and we're about to get into that. But obviously, it's the right call. It was the most over segment out of both nights. By the um, way, though, but, but Rhonda released a statement saying that's a complete fabrication. I was honored right. to be there. Right, as she should. And right. so I always thought immediately from hearing it that it was just complete bullshit. And I'm glad that she took Sunday to say, guys, I don't know who writes this shit, but it's it's nonsense. Right. And I'm glad that she wasted no time in doing it because if she did feel that way, that would explain uh, go a long way to explain why they had Charlotte win, but I'm I'm glad that it was just a regular wrestling storyline. Right. So let's talk about Austin and Kevin Owens. This, I mean, this turned out to be great. It was Kevin Owens doing his thing. Um, what all of us thought was going to be just a talk show ended up being a wrestling match. No one thought it was just going to be a talk show. There were everybody. Nobody knew for sure, Jeff. Nobody thought it was going to be. You'd be lying to yourself if you thought it was going to be just a just a talk just a talk. We show. were we recorded a week ago today, yeah. and none of us thought it was going to be talking. We all thought it was going to be some type of match. Kevin Castle is on saying he's training for a match. It's going to be a real match. I mean, he basically called it exactly where we all did. Except I thought that they were going to have the other legends come in. I gotta say, I was a little disappointed that that didn't happen. But in hindsight. That would have taken the, the the spotlight away from Stone Cold, and it, it really was a tribute to him that this whole weekend was. So it, it was the right call, though. I would have really enjoyed the the the, the fodder of it all. Right, I I would have as well. But I mean, as a big Stone Cold Mark myself, and I gotta say, like watching him do everything that he did over the weekend, including the match with with Kevin Owens, the stuff that he does with Vince the next night, it it dialed me back 20 years, man. Like it was like the fountain of youth 
refreshing waters. I felt like a kid again, just watching it. Yep. Even the stuff with Vince, which was, you know, at times awkward and hard to watch. It was still, it was still, it still made me smile. I mean, you know, I, and that's what WrestleMania should do. It doesn't all have to be about, you know, the wrestling. Some of it is just about moments and memories and, and, you know, I, you're right. It took you down memory lane and said, you know, I'm, I'm glad I saw this. Without a doubt. And I'm glad I saw it live. I was, I'm a, again, huge stone cold Mark, probably second to, to Hulk Hogan, Hogan being the guy that kind of drew me into it. And Austin being pretty much the, the main character of the attitude era. Like, I don't think that it was really bummed me out. Like I couldn't, I didn't go to the hall of fame when he was inducted to it, but I felt like this was a reprieve, a second chance to just be like, appreciate stone cold. I'd and, rather uh, see this than a hall of fame induction. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, this was amazing. Like even you get both, both nights. Um, yeah. Just I mean, they, truly they spectacular. Reported 77,899 people there. I don't know if that's real or not, but whatever it was, that place was electric. It looked pretty full. It looked pretty full both nights. Um, it was, it was pretty packed. Um, the second night looked way more packed than the first night. They did report more people. They said 78,453, which is not way more. It's about, it's like about 1400. Yeah. But it, it, it was definitely harder. I bought my tickets on Saturday, the about two hours before bell time. By the way, they did exactly what I said they were going to do. They, they said, one billion views across all platforms. Remember, I told you they find the biggest number they could and say, I think oh, I even said that. one billion. I, lo- I, oh my God, I love the way that Raw ended with, with putting over Roman and all the numbers. Oh mm-hmm. my God. I feel like oh, we yeah. need to do that for sure. That was great. That was a great thing. But I mean, also on night one, Stephanie came out and, you know, she gave a little talk and she introduced Gable Stevenson. So there, there was that. Um, you know, oh my and, God! They, these guys started booing Gable Stevenson on night two with the RKO crazy. stuff. That's they were weird. they were just because it was just like overkill. Like they were just trying to shove him down your throat. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't have taken off his shirt. <laughs> but didn't he? I mean, he looked he looks more impressive with a shirt on. Yeah, didn't he also underneath the shirt he had a singlet? No, he didn't. Right? No, 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 no. He just had a lot of tattoos. Um, but like. Like to call an Olympic gold medalist soft is ridiculous, but he he doesn't have like he's not cut like Chad Gable at all. He's he's n- not cut like Roman Reigns. He's you know he's I he's mean, not, not cut Otis. like Montez Ford or any of the other guys that he's standing in the ring with. Right, his Orton. his torso is not defined. It, it's more I mean he's a much more compact, but like Dan Severn is the closest thing I tell. Like you can tell he's strong and muscular. But like his torso is not like from the back. He looks better from the back than the front. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's 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 got a little toning to do. Yeah, you know. Yeah. He it, it, it wouldn't hurt him to do some toning for show business. He he can get away on his laurels for you know for a good long while. But yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't kill him to you know do some sit ups and watch the guy. Hey, listen, may he celebrate because I, I saw pictures of him after the Olympics and and he looked much different. So listen. After all that and living that way for for you know and the NCAA and all you know he he deserves some party time he he deserves some pizza and Twinkies it's okay here and I'm, I'm sure he'll be fine anyway so yeah I think the Stone Cold thing was was 
you know, pretty brilliant. Pretty pretty close to perfect as well. Very nice. And then uh, should we just do stand and deliver real quick and then do night two? Sure. All right. I mean, stand and deliver I thought was a solid show. I don't think it was great. Uh, a lot of what was done during stand and deliver was undone shortly thereafter. Um, but uh, the, by Kimberly. <laughs> well, the women's tag team championship was switched to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez from Toxic Attraction, who won them back on uh, on NXT last night. Last night this week. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm perfectly content with. Someone said, "Why did they do that?" I said, "My happiness." That I mean, I, I you know, I don't care. There are rumors floating about that Raquel is being considered to be moved up to the main roster. That is something we've speculated here. So maybe they've actually, I mean, that's the only thing that would really make sense. But, you know, anyway, so, but right now it looks like it's a, you know, you're going to have toxic attraction against Raquel, Dakota, and Wendy Chu. Um, Ron Breaker was not successful in, in, uh, in stand and deliver. Dolph Ziggler retained with a super kick, which I guess is still a finisher. So that's cool. Um, he didn't get that moment with his uncle and his father, you know, in Dallas, uh, although he did do the induction speech at the Hall of Fame. But strangely, on Raw, to a pretty tepid response, he did defeat Dolph Ziggler because he got a rematch for reasons, because he did nothing to earn one. He's lost twice to Dolph Ziggler, but he got a rematch anyway. And he regained the NXT title uh, on Raw. Again, I, I thought that the, re the reaction he got and the response was somewhere between a dry fart and polite. <laughs> Um, you know, I thought this was, I know there was a lot of criticism about why did they do this on Raw. And I immediately, I thought, this is genius. Like, nobody is watching NXT. And here you have your highest watched Raw, right? They pulled mm -hmm. in, what is it, 2.1 million yeah. viewers mm -hmm. this, this past Monday night. Yeah. And so what better way than to introduce a, this big guy put him over the only miss like again booking wise they gave him the championship exactly if you didn't watch nxt you would have probably been like who's this guy again i the only miss was not putting the steiners with them so that way you have that recognition of like the steiners making it make it feel like a big deal that would have helped Sec second generation wrestler like it would have felt like a bigger deal if the steiners were there put them up on their shoulders yeah it, it would and, have been a shot in the arm to an exhausted dallas crowd after four or five days of sort of probably being non-stop i mean i'm not saying they were all necessarily the same people but i bet it was a lot of the same people right um, and it's still monday night and the next day is a work day but all right i mean that that's one reason you know you do it on the biggest viewership night to familiarize people with nxt uh, another reason, maybe they wanted to give him his moment in, in front of 16,000 people instead of, you know, 4,500, uh, you know, exactly. Right. I, I'm not really sure. Whatever it is, what's, what's done is done. Uh, also on stand and deliver, uh, Tony D'Angelo did prevail as, as I predicted, as I did not predict and other people did the feel good story of Cameron Grimes winning the North American championship did come true. So Cameron Grimes won that ladder match. I really thought it was sort of a clunky match. Um, but Cameron Grimes won, and he's immediately challenged by uh, Solo Sako, um, you know, the, the third Oos. Well, he's probably, he's probably about the 13th Oos, but the third one that's in the WWE <laughs> system that we know of. MSK, as we mentioned, won there the triple threat to regain the tag team championships, but we already talked about that that's 
already history. Um, and Mandy Rose retained her women's championship as she should because she is terrific. Um, Stand and Deliver, again, I thought was a pretty good show. Not great, solid, but on a Saturday afternoon on Peacock, which for me is free. It's you know in my Comcast program. I just I just found Saturday to be great. You wake up, you do what you need to do. You watch Stand and Deliver. You catch you know a nice solid nap. Maybe watch a movie or something. And then yep. then you've got WrestleMania. You're you know you order food because you're not going out. It's just your your whole weekend. Your whole weekend was planned for you. Very a very pleasant night in Saturday. So then we go to and that's that's probably all that I I want to say about Stand and Deliver as far as NXT is concerned. The next night, I mean. Uh, you know, Nikita Lyons beat Lash, Lash Legend pretty handily, which I think <laughs> You're was about the to right call her call. Lash LaRue again. I almost did. She's much better than Lash Legend. Lash Legend is not particularly good. Um, they are setting up next week to have a lot of title matches on NXT. It's going to be Dakota Kai against Mandy Rose. Uh, you're going to have uh, um, uh, uh, Cameron Grimes against Solo Sokoa. I, I don't know what they're going to do with, with the tag team titles, but I guess they'll make some announcement. Also, Im, Imperium, uh, uh, Fabian Eichner walked out on Marcel Bartel, and the Creed brothers, you know, then were beating up a bleeding uh, Fa, uh, Marcel Bartel. So Imperium's having some trouble. And then the Creed brothers were drum, jumped by Legolas, the elf from Lord of the Rings, and Fabio. Uh, <laughs> So apparently the tag team that's been stalking them is a NXT UK team called Pretty Deadly. So they have Pretty Deadly and Toxic Attraction on the same brand. So that should be some opportunity for crossover. But literally it looked like like two skinny Fabios, one with dark hair, one with like platinum blonde, like Scarlet Bordeaux platinum blonde hair. Um, was not particularly impressed by this, but okay. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. But you know, at least we found out who, who their enemies were and Draco Anderson, or I think that's his last name, uh, he's no longer interested in Zion Quinn's advice, and he's maybe slowly falling under the influence of Joe Gacy or Zion Quinn. So they're going to face each other, and we were seeing promos all night long, vignettes from Joe Gacy with Harlan behind him being menacing, and Joe Gacy cutting his genius promos about family and things like that. And at the end, we hear that Rick Steiner calling to his son, and it turns out that Rick Steiner is being held in a cage in like a prison cell, Dario Cueto, Dario Cueto Lucha Underground style, by Joe Gacy and Harlan. Uh, so Joe Gacy and or Harlan, but this group is going to uh, be confronting Braun Breaker. Uh, the same night that Braun Breaker accepted a challenge from Gunter, which I'm getting used to saying Gunter. See, it only takes a few weeks, folks. It's just a name. Um, Gunter. Gunter. Gunter's match with LA Knight was a little bit underwhelming. I'm hearing that LA Knight is being moved up to the main roster, but that there's second thoughts on that. I don't know if it's because his match with Gunter was sort of underwhelming. Whatever it is, he should be moved up. I'm also hearing Imperium is being moved up, but it's only Gunter and Fabian Knight. They're not Marcel Bartel, so I don't know what's going to happen to him. Maybe they'll send them back overseas, or who knows? Maybe he's being released. I'm not sure, but... That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing Imperium, but only two members, L.A. Knight and Raquel Gonzalez, moving up to the main roster. It looks like Dexter Loomis is going to stay down in NXT for a bit, and obviously Cameron Grimes with the title for a bit as well. Um, 
that's probably all that we've got to cover on NXT, and we can go to um, night two of WrestleMania, which, I mean, everyone loved night one, but I actually liked night two more. I thought night two was really a wrestling night. Really? G- give me, give, give, hit, hit me, hit me up as to why. Smarten up these fans because I feel like there was a lot of hate on night two. I honestly could have went either way. I, I like both both nights really. Well, I mean, I, I would give night one an A minus, and I'm going to give night two an A. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the opening match, you know, despite it being a little bit of a mess with the well, actually, the opening match was the triple threat uh, Raw tag team t- match. I thought this was really good. It was really entertaining. The Street Profits didn't turn. Okay, fine, um, but. The bros retained as they should have. Gable, of course, took the pin as as we all knew that you know he likely would. And you know, I thought this match was was well orchestrated. It didn't take too long. Everyone looked like they were having fun, especially Orton. And I, I just thought it was a, a feel good, nice way to start off. That's how you start off a card with a with a feel good heels win. Everyone's excited, you know match and you know some you know not every title needed to change not that all the titles changed the night before either but this was cool i just thought it was uh i just thought it was a good match and uh started off strong yeah i thought that they weren't going to switch the titles off of these guys and break them up again it was it was it's hard to break these guys up if they win the titles right so like again they win it and you can't have riddle turn on them and I know everybody's waiting for Riddle to turn on him. It's not going to happen yet. I think they're stretching that out to SummerSlam. Uh, they should stretch that out as long as they need to. Uh, and SummerSlam might be too quick also. They've got so many <laughs> things that don't work. I don't see any reason to fuck with things that work. Right, right, right. So the next, what was match, the next match? Was that Lashley and Omos? Smashley and Omos. And listen, just like the Braun Breaker taking the title, we predicted it just on the wrong day, or I predicted it just on the wrong day, and it came true, so I'm giving myself credit for that one, too. Uh, we almost got the Lashley thing right. They just they just delayed the turn, but Lashley won. You know, it was, it, was a, it was a good story. Almost was sort of manhandling them. Lashley was hanging in there. And it was a relatively short match, which is what you would get with two big Goliaths like this. Lashley yeah. speared him a couple times to the kidneys and won. And and I'm listen, this show is pro Smashley, so I'm never going to complain about him winning. I'm not crazy thrilled about him being a, a face because he's such a good heel. But, hey, w- w- what you going to do? Um, we'll take the Lashley win and the, 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 the interference and the, the stuff we were talking about with MVP turning – or, you know, and, and, you know, being joining almost. Okay. It didn't happen Sunday night. It happened Monday night. So again, you know, we saw it coming. We were just, uh, just a tad early. Yeah. And, and I, I can see why they waited on Monday because you also had the Damien priest spot later on in the show. So you didn't want like a lot of turns happening. So, um, it also builds up the credibility of why almost needs a, a guy, right? Almost mm-hmm. lost to Bobby Lashley, a former two-time WWE champion. And so um, almost needed a guy to help him out. And, and Lashley did, did win and also 
pretty much spit in the face of MVP and the and the hurt business, right? So he well, was that's like, what MVP was saying. He's like saying, "You keep saying you're doing it by yourself. You don't need me. You've been acting like you don't need me." Yeah, first he made it like it was glowing. He did it all by himself. He didn't need any help from anybody. And they yeah. say, "Oh, you don't need me. You don't need me. You don't think you need me." Well, he needs me. Yeah, you know, I, I loved it. The minute he said it, I go, "Yep, he's turning tonight. It's going to happen." <laughs> And, you know, and, and I said that if, if Roman's going to take some time off instead of, you know, Brock chasing around Paul, you can have Lashley trace, chasing around MVP. It looks like that may happen anyway. Hope not. That, that Nothing's definite. That Apparently by SmackDown, they're hoping they'll know more about Roman's arm. So we'll see. I mean, that's the one guy that really, besides Seth, right? I mean. I'll stop with the Seth. Roman, Roman hasn't uh, lost to Lashley, right? He has not. So, you know, I mean, Lashley's the only guy who, in my mind, can fill that spot, though, right now, the way it's going. I mean, it's been all of two days, but Cody right now. You can always bring Brock in. They can always make a big deal of the fact that Paul Heyman pushed the rope close to, to Roman. They, they, you know, they, did make, they didn't make a big, big deal about it, but commentary did say one guy pointed out and the other one was, I didn't even see that. So, I mean, it's, it's there in case they need that story, you know, in, in case they need to bring Brock out. So I think that, I think that was well done, you know, uh, it's just heel maneuver, but I think if he is hurt, whether he needs to take two weeks off or two months off or whatever, that's there at least built in for, for, you know, Brock to be back in the mix if they need to bring, bring him back into the mix. Yeah. Anyone but Goldberg. Anyone but Goldberg. Or right? Dominic. I'll take Goldberg over Dominic. You sure about that? Yes. All right, so I think the next match after this was the women's tag team match with the with the I, four teams. Uh, no, I think that next match was the um, the Jackass match, oh, Sami okay. Zayn versus right. uh, Johnny Knoxville. Well, why don't you describe this because you were actually there, and and I let me say this: the, the, for the first few moments, this this I thought it was going all wrong. Like I was not enjoying this at all until. Johnny Knoxville activated the pyro on the turnbuckle post. And from that moment <laughs> on, it was exactly what I wanted. I mean, did I even say a bowling ball is going to be used in this? This was yeah. Yes, the, the, the mousetrap at the end didn't work exactly as it was supposed to. But listen, it was not as bad as the exploding death barbed wire explosion thing, whatever. Um this this was this was a Tom and Jerry cartoon. I mean, when that yes. when Sammy ran into the, the, the giant hand, that was great. We man. That was oh great. The, the 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 foot kick thing to the balls. I mean, it, it, this was this was this is like we were living in a Tom and Jerry cartoon, and they didn't have to do it as a as a video pre shot tape thing. Which so it started off a little bit slow, a little bit rough, but it really won me over. I was laughing my ass off during this. Yes, this was sports entertainment, not yes. pro wrestling. I don't care. This is this. Listen, if they're gonna book this match. This is what they promised. This delivered, and and literally, like I I was playing like in my head music, like dun 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 dun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, <laughs> the whole thing. But you you were there. Like, tell me how the how the crowd felt about this. The crowd loved this match. Like the fans, and and I I couldn't tell whether they were hardcore wrestling fans, internet wrestling fans, WWE stands. All I know is that they were laughing it up. It wasn't like laughing, laughing like this is stupid. It was like genuine, like belly aches. 
it seemed like a lot of them were fans of jackass and when they saw like the big the 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 notable like the big hitters from the jackass crew like the big hand or the bowling ball they were they it got real over we man slamming Sami Zayn. that was the probably second loudest pop of the night other than cody rhodes and probably steve austin we man slamming that guy i mean this is again Vince cuts guys like Ricochet and Finn Balor because, let's face facts, they're not going to draw this type of reaction from the audience like this type of a match does, right? And yeah, you've got a nobody in Johnny Knoxville. But Jesus Christ, this this match alone probably brought in, one, a lot of fans new to WWE, two, a lot of replays on Peacock. I I can imagine that this and YouTube and, and everywhere else. Right, right. So and Jackass is being released on DVD right about now. Mission so mission accomplished. I think everybody's everybody's happy with the way that this turned out. And I think that not enough is being said. I think everybody is talking about Stone Cold being fifty seven and looking like he's ready to go for another title run, which is absurd. Right. Um. But not enough is being said about these two guys, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, for putting together one night one's main event. You, who would have thought Kevin Owens was going to main event WrestleMania? But here he is, WrestleMania 38 with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He gets that opportunity. Sami Zayn, he's not in the main event, but he is probably already, just based on this match alone, certified ready for the hall of fame because of this match he has created a wrestlemania moment he is stand stands apart from all the other guys and these two best friends growing up given this opportunity again they they just re-signed what a month or two ago to yeah. long longer term deals yeah imagine jeff there were people saying that that was a mistake that it was a mistake to re-sign with WWE. And those people that said that are complete buffoons. They are idiots. Because Kevin Owens, main evented WrestleMania. Sami Zayn, immediate Hall of Famer based on that. Whatever it is, that they're making a ton of money and they're having a ton of fun. And they're in big spots and they're right. not lost in the shuffle. You know, and, you know, we don't have that, you know, of all weeks to not have that conversation again. I think this is probably one that we shouldn't because we have so much to do. So the next match was uh, the, the women's tag team match. Um, all I've got to say is when Rhea and um, Liv came out in their subdom outfits. Oh, I'm told it was Bat Batman and Catwoman. Uh, oh, I thought it was a subdom. I'm just like, oh, my God, this is the lesbian show I've been waiting for. I, I, yeah, I was watching this with my pants down, but then, then Natty and Shayna came out and that ended that. Um, but anyway, the, this match was okay. It wasn't great, but it was short and the right people won. Sasha and Naomi are the new uh, WWE women's tag team champions. Great. Perfect. They needed to win. It's exactly what we said would happen. So now Sasha and Naomi, no one can call for them to be in the title picture. There's enough people in that right now. And, and hopefully they'll build some tag teams. So, uh, you know, whatever. I, I, you know, I thought this match it wasn't great, but it was fun and it was it was good enough. It did it, it did its job and it got us to the next match. 
agree to get. And you know what? Sasha, Naomi, good for them. They they deserve the titles. They're probably going to be more entertaining to watch than Carmella and uh, Zelina. Yeah, Carmella and Zelina, you know, split up, you know, the next night. Uh, you know, Carmella's all about getting married and Zelina had enough. And, you know, they got into a little fight and Zelina reminded us that she can't throw a punch. Um Oh my god! But, but I can I can't wait for that match. I'm, I'm really excited for that match. As long as there's a wardrobe malfunction. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah. Uh, Corey what else is uh, looking at. Um, I don't know. What, what, so after this, what, what do we get? I mean, at some point, the 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 British brawlers, uh, you know, the the news the news crew uh, beat up the New Day in about twelve seconds. That was fine. Um, a lot of people were, and I know that they were fu- they were fucking uh, fucking around, but they were chanting for Butch to to. They they really liked the idea of Butch being this rascally guy that wants to like get into the fight. Like, let me at him. Let me at him. Like yeah, he's like he's like a scrappy cartoon dog. I mean, speaking about the cartoon, he's like he's he's like in the cartoons where there's the big dogs with the little dog, and the little dog is always <laughs> wanting to find they have to hold them back. Chester's so big and strong. <laughs> Like he's yeah, like he's like a lot, little Tasmanian devil. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people were um, were trying to call him Pete. And again, I I had no voice at, during all of night two, and I tried my best to pantomime who's Pete. Right. And, and truth be told, who cares? But you know, I, I you know, I told you I didn't think Biggie was going to be there. You don't travel with that going, and I, I don't think at WrestleMania they want to remind anyone that someone has a broken neck, even if even. Oh, if, but they show, but they showed the clips. Yeah, I, I was surprised that they showed the clips. I was like, oh my god, why? Even yeah. some of us there were live. Like, why would you show this? Um, that might have been while we were seeing commercials on Peacock. I'm not sure, but oh really. Maybe I, I I'm not really sure. It was, they were, it was right before the match. They kind of showed like the build up to the match, and I was like, "Oh no, they oh did show God. that, but they didn't show anything with him with a cervical collar or anything like that." Oh no, they showed the move, like they showed the 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 back suplex and him landing on his neck. It's crazy. Um, so okay, so I can't remember what the other match was before the main event. I feel like we're missing. I think that was it. Okay, well then we had the main event, which was Roman against Brock. Very big entrances, sort yes, of a short match, sort underwhelming. of underwhelming. Yeah. I guess what you would expect. I, I want to say that was the biggest criticism from everybody that was there live was it was just underwhelming to say the least. Like everybody was expecting a big match and something more than than they got, but they didn't right. get. It. Like, and it never like, happened. Like no one was expecting a twenty-minute match with Brock Lesnar, but I feel like it should have gone another three or four minutes. Like I, you know, I, I don't criticize Brock. I don't criticize him for work full part time. I don't criticize him for anything really. He can almost do. He's almost like Vince McMahon is to you. He can almost do no wrong because he he has that much presence and you know just everything around him feels more important. But this needed to be a little bit longer. Now, maybe it was supposed to be longer, and maybe Roman's injury changed things. Uh, even if he's not injured, if he just felt hurt, I mean, if they don't know if he's injured yet, it means he didn't know if he was injured, and he's too valuable to screw around with. So I'll give some benefit of that. But I, I didn't think it was bad. I just, 
thought it was a TV championship match, not a not the main event to night two of WrestleMania. But I mean, that's a real criticism, but it's a rather small one, all things considered. So yeah, I really enjoyed WrestleMania this year. Yeah. Maybe. We did miss two matches now that I'm looking at it. Edge and AJ Styles oh. and McAfee and Austin. Austin Theory. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, Edge and AJ Styles, I mean, ironically, the longest match of the night. And to me, I thought this match was a fail. I know this was the wrestling match of the night, sort of like Seth and, and Cody was the night before. But Edge with this new attitude coming with this throne, he doesn't wrestle any different. There was no... It was it was no viciousness. He was more vicious last year when he was, you know, sort of being a heel against Roman and and, uh, and Daniel Bryan. Um, I I don't know. I I felt like this was a miss. Like the whole thing seemed sort of s- slow and sluggish. Um, you know, the thing with Damian Priest was cool, but it was a little bit telegraphed. Um, I don't mind the faction. I hear that maybe Rhea's joining it. I, I hear that they may have other people join it. I hope they reform Mason T-Bar and you know put them in black suits and make them like the AOP or the new acolytes. You know, I think that would that would be cool and have Rhea. I think that it'd be nice to see a faction, not just a group of three people. It'd be nice to see a faction in WWE again. Yeah. Of wrestlers, not three people in a manager, just three people, period. So I like factions, not 42 factions on one show, but you know. Like one or two factions, you know, or three factions across, you know, the brands. That that, that would be fine by me. But I, I'm sure some Jeff, people I, like this match. I didn't. I didn't think much of it. Jeff, I thought it was a good match. I especially like the fact that, and I'm going to agree with you. I think Edge does a better impression of Alistair Black than Malachi Black does. So it was amazing to see that this this group. I like the new look of Damian Priest. I like Edge being the manager, player coach, whatever you want to call him. I like the idea if they throw Rhea Ripley. Some people were even, you know, there's this purple light behind Edge most of the time. And if you noticed um, on Raw, when Liv Morgan asks Rhea, hey, what's the story? Why did you leave so abruptly? There's purple light behind Rhea. I noticed. Kind of signifying, like hinting, like, hey, maybe yep. she's part of the crew too. And they're probably going to be grand jury, which was something that we speculated. Like it was either going to be the the team that beat up the Creeds or it was going to be Edge's new thing because he had the scale and the scale of justice thing. Yeah. So I like it. I like the idea of them being a full-fledged faction, you know, with a tag team, a women's champion, a single star, and Edge again, player coach. Just that's it. All four. And, and all, yep. And then who would rival that, right? Like, and, and by the way, I guess we just sort of figured out who the next, or at least the the the, the penultimate, the, the the next after the next challenger to Bianca Belair will be a heel Rhea Ripley. Uh huh. You got it. Makes yeah. perfect sense. No, I'm all for it. I just found the match to be disappointing. But I'm but I'm but I'm all for the concept, especially if they adopt you know, all are part of what I'm saying. And I agree. I like the Damian Priest new look. I think the chains in the hair is much better than the colored braids. Doesn't work yep. for the murder hawk, Lance Archer. Doesn't work for Damian Priest. You don't, you just don't look tough with like a women's hairdo. You just, I'm sorry. You just don't. <laughs> right. um, he does look, he does look tough with the chains in the hair though. I agree. He looks like, a, he looks like a, he looks like a heavy metal badass. He looks like goth. Like you don't want to fuck with him. He looks like punishment Martinez. 
<laughs> not whatever they've been trying to do. Um, I also think it's very likely that in a year or maybe two, depending on how long it takes to develop, that Edge will win the world championship, a, a world title, and he or Damian will turn on the other, and that may be a WrestleMania main event. I don't know if two next year is too soon or it'll be two years. It's a long time to carry a faction, but you know maybe it'll work. But I think that will be a main event in the next couple of years, Damian Priest versus, versus Edge for Edge's world title. That's a good prediction. I like that. I don't think it's too long to carry. I mean, again, we're just seeing the inception of the faction being created. So mm-hmm. when Rhea gets brought in, it's probably another couple of weeks from now. The next, the tag team, whoever that's going to be, it's going to be another maybe month or so down the line. And then um, building them up, you know, having them kind of do their thing at Survivor Series. I just, I, I'm interested to see who's going to be the rival faction, right? Is it going to be like an American Nightmare team? Is it going to be something else that we don't even know about? I don't know. Well, that's a nice I'm thing. Excited. You can take a playbook out of the old NWA. You don't really have to have a, a faction of faces. You can just have sort of an alliance of guys who get tired getting beat up together and they work together. But when, once the, the feud is over, they sort of do their own things again. I like it like a job squad. <laughs> well, back in the day, it was Dusty. You had a, a turn Nikita Koloff and the Road Warriors against the Four Horsemen, but they were they weren't generally allies. In fact, all of them were bitter rivals at, at times in, in recent history. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that, and I, I think that that's pretty cool. Now, I cannot believe that we've got the Austin Theory, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee was amazing. I mean, he's so athletic. He is so good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can't believe I, you know, I'm rooting for him over the over the actual wrestler. Then you had Mr. McMahon come in, and you had the whole thing, and that was taking a long time. And then when he unbuttoned his shirt, I thought it was going to be a ruse, but then I saw the black under it. I'm like, oh my god, that's his black tank top. So <laughs> this is going to happen. It's the black tank top, and it's they're going to recreate 1999. Yep. And I mean, Pat was selling. I mean, what choice did he have? But that was. And, and, and I heard that that was sort of like a last-minute decision. Vince wasn't sure until the ring, and so that's sort of why it took so long to develop. And so Pat went through it. He's a he's a pro. He's a natural. It's all great. This was awkward. It was the worst stunner of all time. He's 76. Kevin <laughs> Castle said it. He couldn't take a stunner when he was 53. What makes you think he can take a stunner at 76? I don't know. I mean, I, I was a little – at times I was worried about his health, but he's fine. Um yeah, he had a was, mud hole stomped in his ass one last time by Stone Cold. Uh, I love, I like the I love thing the, with the beer, the lager, where he's <laughs> like pretending he liked it, and they're like, "He's a Mr. Man's a wine guy." So <laughs> yeah. it was all great. I mean, I I didn't catch the the audio of it, but it was just you in the audience, like you could see, like he's just lapping it up. Like, he's like we did oh, pretty good on 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 the results. I mean, I got Roman wrong, um, but uh, yeah, I got some big ones wrong, but. I think overall our our success rate, I mean, both of ours are probably pretty high. Yeah. Overall, really big high thumbs up on both both nights. This was, listen, this is the the pay-per-view of the year. Like, I don't see anything matching up these two nights. Nothing. Nothing's going to come close. Well, it's not supposed to. I mean, it, nothing is supposed to. You you can try, you can fake it, you can whatever. That was what StarCast was sort of trying to do. But you're you're never, well, I'm not going to say never. In no time in the near future are you going to get 
one show that's going to basically have you know three or four directly related shows to it over the course of four days that's going to bring in you know 150,000 people and and that every other promotion is going to run like I know AEW doesn't run promotions but they basically basically Ring of Honor was a you know was a AEW light show um but you know all the other promote the multiverse had was NWA and Impact um you you had a you had several GCW shows control your narrative um you know uh, Effie's big gay breakfast uh you had WrestleCon uh, I, I know that there were tons of you know. Uh, oh, I like, saw I saw at the GCW show I saw Effie fight Minoru Suzuki, and I'm pretty sure I witnessed a hate crime. <laughs> uh, and they're which they're both protected classes. Minoru Suzuki beat, beat beating up Effie is a hate crime. I'm as sorry, he, as he should have. Well, I, I I hate the whole idea <laughs> of the match. So, um, so <laughs> I, I, I hate the whole thing. I'm, I'm full of hate. So, all right. So, in other WWE news, there's a my Pat Buck, who was a producer, uh, left his position after WrestleMania weekend. Uh, he said that was sort of his opus. That's everything he needed to do in the business, and he wants to, you know, spend more time with his family. Uh, if there's more to the story, I don't know it, but maybe we'll find out. But he's a producer, so you know, good luck to him. Um, before WrestleMania. Nick Khan and Triple H. By the way, Triple H gave a pretty good introduction to WrestleMania Night 2. I thought that was really cool and really exciting. That's right, and he left his boots in the middle of the ring. He left his boots in the middle of the ring, right? That was symbolic. We've seen that before. We've seen that also be false before. But, uh, I mean, this case... Undertaker. Yeah. I I was a little bit worried about his his intensity, if any of his heart could take it, but he knew best. I was was thinking the same thing in the audience. I was like, oh, this guy better tone it down a little bit. But I loved it. The crowd loved it. He looked good. Um, you know, thinner, but still, he looks good. I mean, so I was happy about that. But um, he and Nick Khan had a meeting with all the talent and said, "Hey, we've been pretty tough on you guys. We're going to allow you to have certain do certain third party revenue streams again. So you know, some cameos and some other forms of third party revenues. I, I assume they have to be approved, but it, it, apparently, it's going to be much more looser, and there's going to be a list of pre approved things. So you know, so." You know, they're, they're going to be able to get some more outside income and, uh, you know, which, you know, helps with the bullshit in the com- independent contractor status, but takes away some of the criticism that, you know, other wrestlers, you know, have much more freedom and all of that. So I read so, that over the weekend. Jeff, <laughs> doesn't Adam Cole feel like a dick for, for leaving now? I don't know. I, I, I don't care. I mean, I'm glad he's gone because I, I don't want Adam Cole anywhere near WWE. I mean, unless he's going to be where he belongs in the women's division. So, Oh, my. What? He could manage. He can manage in the women's division. Um, no, <laughs> I, I'm just not interested in the guy, and, and apparently neither is anybody else. Just people pretend to be. Um, Baby. Yeah. So, okay, we already touched on it, Raw. We saw the return of Veer, who, I mean, the return was, I mean, so it didn't need, <laughs> for what he did, first of all, he looked no different. His body looked no different. Uh, he was mumbling to himself. No one could understand what he was saying, and he beat up the Mysterios. Okay, big deal. This did not require eight months of, of buildup for it. It was just a regular return, and it didn't need to be the Monday after. I don't, think, I don't yeah. think you're giving his hair enough credit. I mean, that guy, I don't think there's anybody including Roman himself 
There's nobody with a better set, like, locks of hair. Like, this guy looks like a male lion. It is well, I wild. would have said that, except that Elias' younger brother, Ezekiel, came in with these with these flowing, beautiful, dark hair, uh, look, looking like uh, Chris Adonis, you know, basically looking like Chris Masters and uh, you know, or Jim Romo or something. I mean, he reshaped his whole body. He looks taller. His posture is upright. He looks like, less like a caveman. It's like, it's like, it's like, if Damien's, if they made a Damien Sando, Sandow He-Man action figure, that that's that's what that's what oh, came shit. out. He, he did. So Ezekiel uh, did look like Elias is Ezekiel, or it's Elias's younger brother Ezekiel, and obviously he's got his first feud with Kevin Owens, so it would seem. Um, but that was funny. Listen, I don't know where this is going to go or how far it can go, but I thought it was funny. It made me giggle. I thought he looked good. I'm glad to see him back. They need they need some more depth. So, Cody Veer, um, Ezekiel, welcome back. I love to the show. I love that they called him out. Like, <laughs> and Kevin Owens is the best guy to do this. He's like, mm-hmm. no, you're you're Elias. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not Elias. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm his younger brother, Ezekiel. Eze- <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> he said Ezekiel, Enrique, whatever you want to call yourself. Right. He should come out next week with a fake mustache and say he's Elijah. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, oh all, my God. I'm all for all of this. So I love it. it. So this everybody got, everybody got so pissed off. It's like, I, why are you fucking with Elias? Do you guys not realize that this is all a ploy for you to get Elias back in like six months, and then you pop huge when Elias shows up with the guitar? Right. You could always take Rick Boogs's you know gimmick back. I mean, the, you know, whatever. It it's fine. It's a wrestling story. It's humorous. He looks good. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'm not really one with let it play out generally, but this let it play out. It just started. There was nothing wrong with it. It was fine. It wasn't. Do like you th- game- did you did you hear the story about like the reason for it was because Vince saw him one day and was like, "You look too much like the Macho Man." Well, I think it's because his new whatever the gimmick he pitched was too close to the Macho Man. Yes, that, that, that that's been widely reported. We even talked about it here, but you don't listen to me, so. No, I do, but I just. Do you like? I don't know. I just don't buy it. Okay. Him shaved looks. He looks nothing like the module. Well, maybe Triple H bought it because Stephanie was getting horny, and then like he was, you know, he was still convalescing and couldn't do anything, and he was getting jealous. I thought she's always like, "Oh, Zeke." (laughs) All right, all right. So in AEW news, obviously recording Wednesday, so Dynamite was on while we started recording the show, but. The big news, if you can call it that, is that CM Punk has made it be known that he wants the world title, which is what I've been saying they should do. So they're doing it very, you know, great. But as far as I can tell, and I didn't, I didn't see all of Dynamite as I mentioned, but it still looks like it's still Adam Cole versus Adam Page. But hopefully they'll be done with that, and and this will be that, and you know that'll be that. Um, FTR is being reluctant friends with MJF, not quite having left the pinnacle, but that seems to be coming. Um, Wardlow keeps messing things up, and apparently Sean, Captain Sean Deans is getting wins over Sean Spears. I have never seen a company as dedicated to a loser as AEW <laughs> is dedicated to Sean Spears. I, I mean, three years they've been they've been trying to make this guy a big deal, and and he's he's just not any any just keeps getting older and he was like in kick-ass shape like seven months ago he's not even that anymore he's starting to he's starting to resemble adam cole he's like he's like he's like <laughs> getting to, he's like getting to that aw shape so um keith lee 
won a sort of plotting match over powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, I guess they had to go that way, but you know, and then of course, single star swerve with single star, Ricky Starks with single star, Keith Lee and supposedly single star to be powerhouse Hobbs are now in a tag team scrum. So more of that. Um, Jade Cargill's continuing to be a star. Uh, she apparently is going to be, they're trying to build Marina Shafir into uh, something big. They're calling it the problem, even though I've never seen Marina Shafir wrestle in AEW. So it's sort of being dropped out of thin air. I heard a rumor. What is that, that rumor? Jade Cargill, Jade Cargill was backstage at WrestleMania. Uh, that would be great. The next one. She's the next one. That was, I, I am all for that. Um, aside from that, I mean, you know, I don't know. There's not much more talk about AEW this week. We'll we'll get more into that next week. But, I mean, in news that might be important for AEW, might mean nothing. But Jason Kyler, who was one of the executives with Warner Media, who really supported bringing AEW and wrestling back to Turner, he's left uh, before the merger is complete. Um, I, I don't think he's the only executive who was in support of AEW to leave. It might mean absolutely nothing. It is very reminiscent of what happened to WCW when AOL bought Turner, um, all the executives that left, and you know. But there's a big difference, and that was that Turner, the network itself, the company itself, was paying the WCW contracts. They're not here. They're just leasing a television show. So that that is a significant difference. That said. The new, the new director of Discovery Media, who's going to be in charge of this, is looking to make $3 billion in budget cuts, not additions, budget cuts. Where does wrestling fit into that? Maybe not at all. I mean, I'm sure they have entire networks that, that, that can be cut before they get to you know one particular product. But, you know, to say nothing is safe, I guess, is fair. Whether this is, you know, whether this is anything or not, we'll just, it's just something to keep our art our eyes and ears on um other news in wrestling uh ace austin resigned with impact miro is on a tv show that he's filming for cbs where he plays a new york city cop i'm not sure if he's the star or <laughs> comic book, but that's where miro has been um in major what is League he the wrestling? equalizer what are you... no i think it's a new show i don't i don't know the name of it um we have new mlw tag team champion Please. Please tell me it's Miami Vice. Like I, I need him. Well, it's a New York like... City cop, so it wouldn't be <sighs> Miami Vice. I mean, maybe it'd be Hudson River Vice. Oh my God! I, I, is I hope I can only hope that it's like a set. It's based in the seventies. I mean, you live in the Bronx. You should know the 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 town. I'm gonna I'm gonna go look for him now. I mean, Miro, where are you? You live in Utica, for God's sake! You know where these places are. You live in Plattsburgh. Um, all right, so new MLW Tag Team Champions, EJ Nduka, my enemy, and Calvin Tankman, they defeated 5150, which is the new version of LAX, which is uh, Slice Boogie, and in this version, it's Danny Rivera, though he just goes by Rivera now. You may also know him as Danny Limelight, because he wrestles in NWA and other places as Danny Limelight. I also want to tell you all that I, I kept my promise. I don't know that any of the listeners cared, but I watched the most recent three episodes of New Japan Strong. And I'm here to tell you there's nothing wrong with it, except there's no audience. So it's <laughs> studio wrestling with no audience is, is boring as shit. Um, 
But there's nothing special about it either. There's, there's no reason to watch it. I mean, you can see some of the, the, the people in other places, like Danny Limelight as Rivera. Um, you know, is it bad? No. Is it good? No. I mean, but you've got the thing, Hikaleo saying, you know, after having a 15-minute match, which he barely won, he beat uh, Fred Ye- Yehai, um, saying, <laughs> this was easy. No, it took you 15 minutes. They're going, I want some competition. And then Juice Robinson comes out and says, you want competition? You got it. Uh, I mean, you know, it's wrestling stories, but is it any better than NWA? No. Is it any better than uh, MLW? No, unless you want to, unless you're really into like Ken Narita and, you know, Young Lions, you know, uh, uh, Leo Rush was there, even though we know he doesn't wrestle any longer. So you know how long ago it's been taped. Carl Fredericks, uh, I think Clark Connors, who's one of their studs, is injured. Uh, I think he's still injured, but he was certainly injured at this time. T- Dirty uh, Tom Lawler's there with a new team, Dirty, and I don't know, it's like the West Side something, which was Royce Isaacs and I think Danny Limelight. They joined. Team Filthy, which was a, another tag team. I can't even remember who the people were. Um, anyway, it's fine, but there's no reason to watch it, and the folks agree with me. Uh, because I'm going to go into ratings. I'm going to start with New Japan Strong. Two weeks ago, they hit 13,000. They were they were trending upward, even though 13,000 after three weeks is not exactly high. But two weeks ago, 6,800. And this week, five days ago, was when the show aired, 5,200. So it looks like 13,000 might have been their apex. We'll see. Um, Dynamite last week fell back to under a million, 979,000. Still respectable number. Impact, huge rebound. Went from 100,000 to 149,000. Up almost a full 50%. So, hey, Impact finally recovering after AEW tried to kill it. Um, but But New Japan Pro Wrestling... Could not keep that lead and could they didn't take advantage. They went down 29,000 after airing a rerun of, uh, I think it was Okada against Naito from, from the G1 last week. New content, back down, 56,000. Nobody cares about New Japan here. SmackDown did 2.359 uh, on the SmackDown before WrestleMania. It had the, the Andre Battle Royal. It had the... One participant, uh, it had some of the women's tag team matches in it and, you know, stuff. But it wasn't wasn't a special show, and it, it did lead into the Hall of Fame, uh, which was not on Fox. Um, by the way, WW Evil, which aired after Raw, did 337,000. So it, it dropped by about 100,000 um, or so, which, you know, isn't... You know, isn't great, but it's not terribly unusual either. Also, I'm sure by then people were just tired of wrestling. And I think you can pretty much pick up things on Peacock at any time. Um, right. Ram- Rampage last way did 456,000. Not its lowest, but its second lowest. Uh, not great. It was, it, w- it was on as, at its regular time, right? It was on its regular time, but it was on against the Hall of Fame. It was also on against an AEW light pay-per-view. Which only got twenty thousand buys, so I mean, you know, even if all twenty thousand of them, if that's true, watch it would still be four seventy six. So I mean, you know, anyway, you slice it. Raw did its highest number. I predicted it the day before. I said that Raw would Woo! cross over two million. Did two point one million, and in hour one, it it did two point three million, and uh, then two point one million, then sort of dropped as the as the night gets later, which you know sort of makes sense. NXT holding court, it did six hundred and thirty one thousand. Which was up, I believe, either five or seven thousand from the week before, but it's 
sort of finding its zone, and next week they're having some title matches, so we'll see. Uh, MLW, this week 58,000, two weeks ago 101, but three weeks ago 95,000. So it sort of seems to be the same or or maybe starting to wane a little bit. NWA, last three weeks 63,000, 66,000, 75,000. AW Dark, uh, again, only aired yesterday. We're, we're recording on Tuesday. Paul White wrestled on AW Dark, so that's great news for all involved. Uh, 146,000 have watched to date. Last week, 220. I can't tell if that's a six or an eight, but either way, it's 220 something thousand watched it. I think it's an eight. And two weeks ago, three weeks ago, however you want to look at it, it was 313,000. So Dark not doing so great. Elevation had a little bit of a spike this week, 398,000. Uh, I guess people who had, you know, sort of had their fill of WWE wanted to maybe catch up on AEW, check that elevation. That's my theory anyway. But because two weeks ago, still only up to 326, and three weeks ago, only up to 286. So n- nothing doing there. Um, those are the ratings. That's the news. I hope you had a great time. It sounds like you did. I know you did. I'm sure you're still exhausted. I'm sure you're still recovering. Uh, I, if anyone out there can can find me results or control your narrative for any of these shows, that would be great. Because usually I, I I can't you know you can't avoid these things on Twitter even if you want to. But no, I'm not finding anything. And and I have a third account where I only follow like indie wrestlers. Like I follow like 65 wrestlers that are not signed to major promotions, and there's nothing there. I mean, there's nothing anywhere. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about control your narrative. Uh, apparently that, that is the case. I mean, I couldn't get Nico to say anything. I couldn't get David to say anything. Um, David wasn't there. I know he wasn't there, but he was in town ref- referencing some indie shows. And since he was associated with Control Your Narrative, I would think he would have heard about the card. No, no, nobody. nobody yeah, I don't knows. know how many people went there. Nothing. So listeners, nobody knows. please let us know. Uh, I'm at, at Icarus Fell MD. The podcast is at Hammerlock HO. Steve's at, at Big Daddy Cool. Um, That's right. So those are our those are our Twitters. Let us know. And our Facebook page is Hammerlock Hangover. Easy to find. Um, so you can send us a note there as well. Some of you already do. Thank you for that. Um, That's right. I, I want to give a shout out to Mission Pro Wrestling. I, I failed to mention that I did go see their show and it was a great show. I unfortunately had to leave early to go to WrestleMania night one, but it was spectacular wrestling again i thought you know gcw was a complete shit show but geez you know this mission pro wrestling what were the highlights, what were the, highlights? the highlights oh la, la negra rosa was fighting it was great i forget who she fought but it was a great match oh. there was a couple other ones that were oh um maddie rinkowski and she was wrestling with another one they were bad and bougie versus these two oh my god these women were like uh supposed to be like the um one was called the alt not something warrior the bionic warrior or something like that genocide yes that's genocide oh my god amazing amazing these phenomenal genocide is good she's she's one to watch i think i think i mentioned that during our breakout this year that that look at look to genocide yep yep her and her tag team partner great who was her tag team partner I forget what her name, but they both had the same gimmick. Like it was Bionic Warriors. Gotcha. Gotcha. 
I don't, I couldn't catch that. It was hard to tell. Like I was trying to catch the names. Cause again, there was no Chiron. There was no like, um, monitors. The Thunder and, Rosa wrestle. And the audience, I don't know because I left early. Oh. So I was assuming I, I didn't, she was billed to be at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if, and oh, and my, uh, Mia Yim was there. Oh, she okay. was, she didn't wrestle, but she was hanging out like oh. maybe about 10 feet away from me. I mean, she I don't know. She it, it, it's weird. Me. Was Athena anywhere? Did she appear any place anywhere? Ember no, Moon. I, I did not. I did not see Athena. I think maybe she was around, but I did not see her. Okay. Um, I guess the other AEW news is that the Owen Hart tournament women's side has continued. Tony Storm, uh, I think, advanced in her first match. I can't even remember who she beat. Uh, uh, her first match was largely considered to be rather underwhelming. And it looks like she's heading for Jamie Hayter, who's also underwhelming. I guess they have some history in the UK. I don't know. I, I, I mean, people pretending she's a big star. She's not. Uh, and, and it doesn't matter because AEW does oh. doesn't really know how to book a woman's division. So, you know, anyway. Oh, um, oh, hold, hold on a second, Jeff. Jeff, we have a phone call coming in right oh, now. Please don't tell me it's Tony Storm. Hey, guys, this is Tammy. It's Tammy. I only got one phone call to make. Can you guys help me out? I really need some help. I don't um, think they're letting me out this time, guys. Please. You, have to, you have to subscribe to our OnlyFans. Sorry. I don't think that's going to help. There's not enough bail money, Jeff. I need more money, Jeff. Can Hang you bail me out? This is a collect call. Hang up. Hang up. Let's collect. Guys? Guys? We, we don't have Patreons. Hang up. Oh, no. That's right. Poor Tammy. We still have to write Mr. Check for this month. Can you, can you, can you be, are you amazed that Tammy had one phone call to make and she just decided to call us? Who, who else would she call? Who's like, <laughs> who's like, it was between us and Teddy Hart and she knows he has no money. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, I know. All right. My, all right, guys. My, yeah. You can find me all over the place this, this week. I, I was, I, I did uncaged again, third week in a row. I did, I was on the blow off uh i might have been on short yeah the blow off on at mark media oh. and homie media group on cages on homie media group and channel attitude which is russo's network um i was on the pw hustle their youtube channel i believe the podcast version will also be on Hamin and i think also pwc um obviously here of course and uh, you can also check me out on Garden of Doom, my non-wrestling podcast. Anything that goes bump in the night, mysteries. Well, not really mysteries, but mythology, philosophy, theosophy, uh, ufology, monsters, myths, legends, all sorts of cool stuff. And Garden Views, a lot of legal-related stuff, which I hope that you find interesting. Um, this year we did, uh, this year, this week we did... Uh, how victims of crime can uh, get representation and get compensation. You're just a busy man. Look at you. I am a busy man. I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit overexposed. Oh, yeah? Well, pick your pants up, goddammit. I'm not, I'm not going to those kinds of drastic masters. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. I want to shout out also Bad Guy Jack from UPR. He's a big listener over the weekend. Uh, we got to Love hang out for lunch. And, so handsome. Uh, the skin is so good. A great beard also. I know. He's he's an avid listener of ours. He came up to me during brunch and was like, yo, man, I really like your, you and Jeff. You guys are funny dudes. You guys are really knocking it out. And I said, he's oh, welcome thanks, Jack. anytime. Love Bad Guy Jack. Yeah, Beautiful he is, man. Uh, 
he is a spectacular human being so thank you jack for listening thank you for listen everybody that that i got to see over the weekend uh at wrestlemania was amazing and and awesome and except for the executive consultant you still suck (laughs) he's a funny guy he's a funny guy um that's all i got guys thank you very much and uh, hopefully i'll sound a little more um myself next week what you were saying jeff nothing stable my friends